Bring it in. Read Option Podcast back and better than ever. Uh, we are here, ready to rock and roll here. Week 15 of the NFL football season coming to town. No college football for the first time since August, which is a depressing thought. I don't um, know how it's all come and gone, but it has. And uh, now, I mean, look, we still have bowl season coming up, which will be great. And we still have 10 games on Saturday. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, there are games, but in terms of like meaningful football, I don't know. Uh, I I know us degenerates will be involved on Saturday, betting on Miami of Ohio and whoever the fuck they're playing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll conf- I, I feel like I've made this confession on the podcast before, by the way, uh, no veto today, just Scotty, uh, veto having a busy week, thought we were going to get him today. Unfortunately, he is, uh, he is out. So no veto Late today, scratch. Yeah, but, uh, he will have his picks in, uh, and we will go over the standings after a rough, rough week 14 here, uh, in just a little bit, but you know, I, I feel like I've made this, you know, declaration before and this admission before. Um, but I'll be honest. I'm, I, I'm not a big like college football bowl fan. Oh, come on, Jeff. I'm not. I'm not it's not. Look, it's not. It, it's there's the part of me that's the football junkie that's like watch. Right. Or if there's specific prospects or whatever they're going to play like I want to watch. I kind of really only care about the New Year's Six Bowls and the college football playoff. If if I'm just being, I'm. It's not. Hey, it's not that they're not. I'm not saying they're not worth watching. It's just for me. I'm just. I don't. I don't know. There, there used to be something to like winning a bowl game, and not to sound like the old man yelling at clouds, but like it just it doesn't really mean as much anymore right and like for the record i'm totally on the side with the players who are like hey i'm not trying to be jalen smith or or uh jake butt or whatever you know players i'm not trying to get hurt in a bowl game and fuck (laughs) up yeah no uh and fuck up my entire you know professional future and millions and millions of dollars now jalen smith yeah no making a ton of money all this stuff i get it so i got all the side of players but I just I I feel like the bowl games are you know how you have like your spring game. It feels like bowl games have become like your winter game. Like for most of the power five programs, you're playing in these games to kind of prep for the following season, which if you're a Penn State fan and you're getting ready to watch a big bowl game, you're like, fuck, yeah, like I want to watch this bowl game and see how Drew Alar and. And everyone out drew or Aller, whatever it is, uh, see how these guys look and like I want to see how they fare against another team. Or if you're an up and coming team, you want to see that. But like JMU's playing in their first bowl game, I'm excited. But also, I don't know if you if you saw this or if I sent it to you in Vita or not. I can't remember. Uh, JMU is going to have four coaches, four for the entire team, because. Uh, Kurt Signetti, scumbag, uh, has taken everybody. 
Um, he's a scumbag. Sorry, fuck that guy. Uh, also, not to go on too much of a JMU chan- tangent, a but weird like, take. I mean, all of the coaches are gone. How do you coach a football game with four coaches? You draw, you draw up four plays. That's how. A little backyard yeah, football. Seriously. I think you guys have a shot. I'm hammering JMU. Take that. I, I would drive I would, across the river so I can bet JMU. I would not because I literally do not even know who the quarterback is, and I'm a JMU fan. Like, Jordan McLeod's not playing in this game. Like, J, like J, Army or, or uh, Air Force, they haven't lost any of their guys to the transfer portal, okay? They're pulling in that same roster. There's going to be a lot of JMU guys playing in their first game ever. I will say Bob Chesney, we talked about before, had his press conference Dude's going to be a stud. Cannot wait for the Bob Chesney era at JMU. But uh, in the in the short term, this this bowl game is not going to be great. So if, I'm telling you guys right now, if you are looking, and, and JMU will probably get a favorable line. It'll probably be like Air Force minus seven, seven and a half. I don't know what it is right now, but my guess it'll be somewhere around there. I would hammer Air Force. Air Force is a good football team. Uh, JMU has four coaches and half their team, uh, and not half. They lost a few important pieces to the transfer portal. Uh, they actually kept way more than I thought they would. Um, but they're 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 missing some key guys. I'll put it that way. Uh, so hey, JMU could shock the world, come up with a big win. That'd be awesome. Probably not going to happen. But I, it's yeah, this I, is, I love it's such a poor take. I love. I love bowl season. No, you for, don't. No, I do. In terms of like, I love the energy and the vibes around bowl season. That's right. You Am tell... I going to sit down and watch all of these games? No, I'm not. Well, I put it on the background. You know, when I drive up on the 22nd and I'm sitting around on Philly and I'm having a beer at a bar and I'm watching a game because it's on TV. Absolutely. I will 100% partake. But... It feels like bowl games don't matter the way they used to. And that is because like Jaden Daniels is not going to play for LSU and he might, but if I were to be, if I was a betting man, which I am, I would say that Jaden Daniels will not end up playing for LSU in the bowl game and fuck up a potential $20 million first round pick contract. And because of that, they're not as interesting. They just aren't except for the fan bases of those schools, which to those fan bases, I would say, make it a full day. Love it. It's amazing. Go Penn State. Go JMU. Go Virginia. Go whoever. Whatever is your school and they're in a bowl game, go all out. Support the hell out of them. But if we're just talking about like logistically, like is this going to be a super entertaining football game? I don't think they're the most entertaining games outside of a select few and outside of the New Year's Day games, which I think are the days to watch the Bulls. Everything I have two else problems is with your take. Fun. Okay. I have two problems with your take. Number 1, you go tell that it, the the good folks at Miami of Ohio and Appalachian State that the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl is not going to matter on Monday or Saturday. You go tell the, uh, I will. the Fuck good folks at, at UTSA and, and Marshall that the Scooters Coffee Bowl, Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl on Tuesday doesn't matter. It does. Okay. And number two, when we're sitting around in March twiddling our thumbs, wishing that we had football back in, in an, another five months, you're going to wish you had this bowl game. You are so right. enjoy the hell out of it. Look, Scotty, you are right. The, the, the second point, first of all, 
again, a lot of college football is for the fan base of that college. Okay. I love Maction, but I love Maction in the same way that I love, you know, when you were in elementary school and you would have like the DVD logo that would bounce around the screen. And so you'd wait for it to get perfectly in the corner, like that episode of The Office, right? Uh That's how I love Maction. That's how I love a lot of Group of Five football that doesn't pertain to my school in particular. It's not that it's not entertaining. It's just with the holidays and everything else going on, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And it's it's just lower on my list of things that I want to watch. However, I will say you are correct. I know that in the middle of March or maybe say like July, right? Like when, when it's the post NBA finals, post Stanley cup finals. And we have that, that, that two week dead period where there's like nothing going on. Yes. I'm with you. I would, I would love to be able to have a bowl game to watch. Right. Yeah. You're going to wish you had Rutgers Miami and the bad boy mowers bowl. I'll tell you what, (laughs) but like that game's (laughs) just, there's just nothing like, Think about that game on a normal college football Saturday, right? Miami and Rutgers are playing out of conference week three of college football. How far down the list is that game going to be? Very, but that's what makes bowl season special. That's my point, man. (laughs) Does it make it special or does it make it more football? I think it makes it more football, which I would agree is always a good thing. I can't wait. And I think next year with the expanded college football playoff, when we have more meaningful football, that will be great. But ultimately, sports are only as important as what their meaning is, right? And I, to me, I'm sorry, Rutgers and Miami fans, that's not a meaningful game. It's a meaningful game for those who it means something to, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? So meaningfulness is is in the eye of the beholder as well. And so if you're a Miami fan or a Rutgers fan, that game means something to you. Or if you're a degenerate gambler, that game also means something to you. We respect all three. We respect all three (laughs) of those here. I I have not done enough homework on those schools to feel comfortable, you know, gambling money at this point, particularly like if it was, you know, a regular season game, maybe I sprinkle a little shekels here and there, whatever. But this time of year with guys leaving, coming back to transfer portal, I don't know who's left from Miami. I don't know who's left from Rutgers. I don't know who's staying. I don't even know who the co- I mean, know who the coaches are, but like if there was a coaching change, you don't even know who might be coaching that game like a place like Jamie. So it's not that I don't like bowl season. It's more that I don't love bowl season. You know, I like it. It's great. It's great background noise. It's great to have there. Oh, look, football on TV. I'm going to watch this. It's not like I'm going to be locked in to all these bowl games, you know, and for people who are big gamblers, you will be. And for people who are fans of the schools playing in those bowl games, you will be. I'll, I'm going to watch Jamie play Air Force. Absolutely. I, Sounds like this. I wish Vito were on. He would support me. It's I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying for it. This is like uh, this is like it's it's like, Scotty, if you and I were like, hey, let's go out to dinner tonight. And you're like, hey, well, well, I found this like this great Indian restaurant that's near my house. And I'd be like, I, I I'm not really a big fan of like Indian food. You know, it's 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 great for the people who love it. I love that. 
You know, I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it just may not be for me. You know, and I've had Indian food. I like Indian food. So I'm just using that as an example. But I'm just saying, like, in general, it's it's that kind of same style. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you know, let's go, let's go to this place. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't like fish. That's a good example. I don't like fish. Hey, let's go to the seafood spot. Well, you, you know, this might be like the best, a great spot in the area to go get seafood. Well, for me, I'm not really a big seafood guy. So I probably won't enjoy it. You know, not to say that other people wouldn't. You know, I like it. Just don't love it. You know, that's kind of how I'm at with it. So it's yeah. it's 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 for for those of you who celebrate bowl season, I I wish you the best of luck with your bets. And I wish all of your schools the best. I'm going to pull for JMU. I'm definitely going to watch a bunch of it, but we're not going to cover it on this pod because ultimately, who cares what happens in the in the the the, the lawn eaters Gasparilla Bowl, you know, like ultimately. Oh, baby. You the know? names are the best. <laughs> well, yes, the Lockheed. Well, that's what was so funny. It was my favorite. My favorite bowl name forever was the Lockheed Martin Military Bowl because a a, a military grades weapon company sponsors a bowl game <laughs> and JMU will be playing in said bowl game this year. So uh, nice. I, I do. I do find that funny. But uh, no, I am with you. I am with you. But either way, bowl games. They'll be coming. It'll be a lot of fun. I'll, you know, you'll sprinkle some shekels here and there. Everyone will have a great time and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but this is the time of year where Saturdays become instead of college football, NFL football. And that starts this weekend. We have three Saturday games, all teams playing on Saturday over 500, by the way, uh, a few, what was it five out four out of the five out of the six are seven and six so barely over 500 but we'll take what we can get um but still should be a lot of fun real quick before we hop into the games this week let's take a second monday night football uh the tennessee titans stunned the miami dolphins crazy comeback from will levis and uh the dolphins obviously without a uh without tyree kill and then when he did come back, definitely not a fully healthy Tyreek Hill. And uh, the Giants. Yeah, that Tom- was curious, right? <clears throat> yeah. And uh, Tom Tommy DeVito, Mr. Pi- cousin, My cousin boy. Tommy, Mr. Tommy Paisan, uh, yeah. he, he finds a way to, I mean, he was basically non-existent the entire game until the final drive and then just started really like firing dimes left and right to get the Giants yeah. into field goal range. Uh, yeah. And they end up beating the Packers. Really, really interesting results. Uh, but w- but what does it mean? And and I guess I'll put it this way. I don't think anyone looks at the, like, look. The Dolphins lost a weird game on Monday Night Football. They lost Tyreek Hill, right? So I think that's kind of how you explain that one away. Like Tua was still pretty good. Um, but I think what we've learned is like the most important piece of that offense is Tua, which we've known, but like it's very clear the difference between Tua being healthy and Tua not being healthy. Uh, I, I, I'm not wait, taking you too said, much. Tua is the most important Sorry, part of Tyreek. that offense? Sorry, Tyreek. Yeah. Tyreek like, being wait healthy. a minute. <laughs> the T names got in my head. Sorry. Tyreek <laughs> being healthy versus Tyreek not being healthy, um, which we've we've seen now, right? We've, we've seen Tua get hurt and that offense still be pretty good. Um, but Tyreek getting hurt and kind of the impact that that's had on, on that offense and, and how much it slowed it down. 
Uh, overall, I'm not too concerned with what happened in that result in terms of the Dolphins. I, I, obviously, it hurts them for seeding, but I do still think the Dolphins are really, really good. And I do think that they're up there with, with the class of, of, of the AFC right now, particularly with how wide open it feels the AFC is. And ultimately, that division will be decided uh, the Dolphins and, and and Ravens play here in a couple of weeks. And if the if the Dolphins win out, then you know the conference Don't is they there. gotta play Buffalo too again. They do. Yes, they do. Yeah, Which so it's it's easier said than done, I understand. But they do hold they, they they're in control of their own destiny, right? If if the Dolphins win out, the Dolphins win the AFC. So yeah, it's in it's their crazy, hands though. to be able to go out and do that. It's crazy. Like I texted you guys this while the game was happening. I remember I was like the Dolphins offense looks like an absolute shell of itself. But to your point, like the two is the right guy in the right offense, right? We talk a, a lot about this with the Niners quarterbacks um, and, and, and like Mike McDaniel's a, a branch of that as the Dolphins coach, of course. Um, but two, it, it was right there. Like it was right there for him in a fluky play on, on the fumble at the end that really sealed it. Um, and then their defense let them down. So, like, I, you know, Tua, the offense wasn't necessarily the problem. I think it was the optics, too, that looked really bad, that it was like, oh, there's no Tyreek, but he's here, but he's healthy, but he's not playing. I don't understand what's happening. And also, like, the optics of it being on Monday night where everybody in the world is watching. Yeah, the national broadcast obviously hurts. I I think ultimately, and kind of what I was trying to say there was more of that, like, I'm I'm not super worried about the Dolphins because I do continue to believe that as long as the Dolphins are staying healthy, um, that they're going to be there as one of the top teams in the end. Like, I think they're a legitimate threat to get to the AFC championship game. And then obviously once you're there, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And I, I think the more credit, the better to uh, a really talented offensive team and a defense that has – had its ups and downs throughout the season, but has definitely gotten better as things have gone on. Um, I would I walk away from Monday night's game, uh, and you did text us, and uh, I had decided to go to bed a little bit early. I needed to catch up on some sleep. Um, and football I, happened, Jeff. It was oh, a poor. Baby. It was a poor decision. My <laughs> thought was like, oh, it's all right. I'll 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 check in with them tomorrow. You know, we'll see we'll see how everything goes. Uh, that Jeffrey. was a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> I should have I should have stayed up. I should have watched those games because they were uh, they were electric. They were some some really, really good football games. I thought they were going to be blowouts. Uh, They were not. Um, But I walk away from that feeling like, damn, like what Tennessee did and and what Will Levis did in those moments. And it's impressive, right? It was super impressive. That was more better than the first game we saw him when he was spinning against the uh, against the Steelers. And we were like, oh, boy, (laughs) or no, not the Steelers, whatever game they had. Uh, uh yeah. when he came into play and he, he threw that couple of bombs to D hop and it was kind of like that. And it was just like, Oh, this guy's here. He's no, he is. He's and, the and, dude. And he is really, really good. He is really, really good. And, and I guess I, I walk away from that game looking at Will Levison saying like this, this dude is legit. Like this is a legitimate guy that you can have moving forward. And, and there, there is a meathead energy to him that I, I do think resonates in the short term. There's some stuff he needs to work on, no question. But the the give a shit factor with him, I think, is is really, really high. And I think it's something that's going to resonate in locker rooms. I think clearly, like, the dude wants to win above anything else, right? And guys like that typically have success in locker rooms. Where And I'm trying to figure out, because he's, 
it reminds me a little bit of like rookie Josh Allen. You know, he doesn't have the athletic ability running the football that Josh did. You well, know, he's got he's, the, the arm and the screw it mentality. Yes. And that's kind of where I, I see the com- connection. It's not a perfect comp. Um, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out like what is it's kind of like that. That's su- it's a little college you know, like Jalen Milrose kind of reacted similarly after they beat Auburn right in the Iron Bowl. Like there's a couple of guys I, I'm trying to think of who's a good like NFL comp, like who's like a like not Tebow because he's not he's not that. But like just the way he reacted after that last play the the absolute passion and, and excitement exuded off the screen. Like you could see, like he went and hugged his assistant coach and he's like every vein in his face and neck and muscles and arms are just popping out. And he's just full, brrr, you know, he man mode. And that's fucking awesome. Like that is cool. Um, but I'm, I, I feel like if you're Tennessee, you move forward being like, all right, like we, we have at least a guy. You know, I don't know if he's the guy, but he is a guy. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who were a guy, you know, like Kirk Cousins was a guy. Ryan Tannehill was a guy. You know, they weren't the guy, but they were a guy. They were good quarterbacks. They were guys who can win you football games, guys who can get you to the postseason. And I feel like for now, at least, you feel confident that like walking away with more development and and obviously more additions to the roster, and Tennessee's still going to have a good draft pick missing the postseason this year. It feels like Tennessee has a guy, you know, a guy that can yeah. go in and win games. He's it, so he's, far he's, he's won. losing you games. No, I mean he he won that game. Like he he came back and won that game. With they were down two touchdowns with three minutes left, and they won that football game. They went for two. When they, you know, with a chance to win the football game, they won the game. And yes, having Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins helps. But let's not pretend that either one of those guys is is the prime version of those guys. They're right. still very, very good players, right? If they were, if we're talking about Madden ratings, they're probably, you know, Derrick Henry's probably like an 88, 89, DeAndre Hopkins, 88, 89, like really good players. That seems high. <laughs> but they're not. I, but they're not like T yeah, hop's been very good this year. The quarterback play has been abysmal. Like I don't like the separation numbers and stuff for D hop have been as good as they've been for him in a couple of years, you know, Always so D hop is still really, really good. And, and again, Derek Henry's going to have another thousand yard year and he's, he's been pretty damn impressive too. So there there's been plenty to like with those guys. It's just, it's comforting to know that it's like, it's not a situation where you're walking in with like Brock, like Brock Purdy, where it's like you have every single weapon of to your arsenal. Just put the ball in the right spot, and you're you're gonna win a shitload of games. Which that's no discredit to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's been phenomenal, and we've talked about that. But he's had Careful. to deal with a he's had to deal <laughs> with a little bit more adversity than a team like San Francisco has, right? And yet they still came back and beat a team like Miami, a playoff team, a team that might end up being the one seed in the AFC, and they still came back and win beat them with two touchdowns in the final three minutes. And that is impressive in and of itself. Um Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Packers I want to talk about my boy though. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy DeVito. Tommy. I mean, I mean, look, that game again. He did virtually nothing until the last drive. Hey, man. 
And then, hey, the last drive, the dude was all stones. Oh, thanks. And, you know, he hit that little, was like a deep crosser. Uh, I don't know if it was a deep crosser or like an out route or something on the right side of the field, but it was like a 20 yard throw, put it on the, uh, on the money. And I think it was Isaiah Hodgins turned it up field ran. Um, I, I'll say this, Tommy DeVito has probably made himself a lot of money. And for as surprised as we all were not to ding up Brock Purdy again, Brock Purdy was a very good college quarterback uh, because he had been there for a long time. Tommy DeVito was not even close to the college quarterback that Brock Purdy was. Brock Purdy was like, you are the four-year starter at Iowa State. You are a damn good quarterback in, in, at the college level. Not sure if you have the tools to do it at the NFL, but you'll get a chance. He obviously has made the most of it. Tommy DeVito was like, watching him at Syracuse was like, what is this guy doing? And like, how is, okay, like he's he's okay, fine. And then he ends up, at Illinois and he's like barely even the starter at Illinois and then somehow makes his way to the practice squad of the giants. And now it's like, we're all, you know, ESPN's leading shows talking about Tommy DeVito on, on Tuesday morning. It's crazy. Hey, hey look, NFC player. Of the, and it's funny him and, and Zach Wilson won the NFC and AFC player of the, of the week. Two New That's York crazy. quarterbacks unlikely win the, uh, win the award. I'm rooting for him. Cause he's one of me. Like, like everything about his family that you see on the TV, like that's what I grew up with. So I, I'm all in on Tommy DeVito. Hey, Give me I, a shirt. Let's do I, it. Vic, Vicky Gimple made as good a chicken cutlets as anybody out there, man. That was a staple in our household. No doubt so about I'm, it. I'm with you, I, you I don't. We, doubt we have you. some. We have a little bit of Italian in our blood. Not quite the same level as you. You are. You are pure Irish and Italian. We. I'm. I'm a little bit more European mutt than that, but. Uh, I got plenty of Irish and Italian blood in there, but I, I just, I, I do, I do enjoy it, man. I do. And his, it's his so agent, fun. the stuff with his agent oh. man, <laughs> is, is so goddamn funny. It's it, great. It, it cracks me up. Cause it's like, he's, he's connected. Oh dude. Like you don't want to, yeah. use just, Hey, don't worry, don't worry. I saw, I saw a, uh, a tweet today. Apparently, apparently Tommy DeVito's dad, his plumbing company, has an an advertisement on WFAN now, which is just the most New York thing of all time. Yeah, and yeah, I'll tell you what, I would much rather be. Fa- I I feel a lot worse about the Eagles having to play the Giants twice in the next four weeks uh, now than I did, you know, a, a couple weeks ago when Tommy DeVito was filling in. Uh, when I thought, oh, I don't want to face Tyrod Taylor. Apparently, we don't want to face Tommy DeVito. So no, you don't. No, don't get in his way. Buys <laughs> on for the family. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. It has been a really fun story though, and it's just like anything though. And I said this about Josh Dobbs, and now it's like, it. oh, Josh Dobbs is an afterthought. Uh, uh, Gene's knocking it out. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's it's gonna come to a brutal end at some point, and maybe it's this week. You know, when they play the Saints, maybe it's not. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's when they play the Eagles. Who's to say? But, um, you know, he's had his moment in the sun and he's always going to have this and he's probably going to make himself a career as a backup for the next few years. Put some money away. Take care of his family. Take care of Ma. Take care of Pa. Let dad retire. He can uh, take over the family business after that. Uh, But, yeah, we will. uh, We will. We will see. Either way, it has it has been fun to watch because uh, 
he's played he's played some good football, man. He has, and uh, and credit to him. So, uh, either way, tough loss for the Packers. Um, the, to me, that's like the big football storyline you take away from this, which is like, hey, the Packers. Packers looked like they were going to be one of the like the team that no one wanted to play, who sneaks their way into the playoffs, and then they lose to Tommy DeVito, and you're like, all right, now actually I have no idea what to think about the Packers. Uh, that was not the outcome that they were hoping for, obviously. Uh, but I will say this: like when push came to shove, Jordan Love went down a drive and and threw a, a really impressive pass. Uh, to get into the end zone and to get them up uh, just ended up not being enough for, for Tommy DeVito and those boys. Uh, the Giants can keep winning games because the longer the Giants win games, the more likely it is that Danny Jones, Danny Dimes, is going to be your starting quarterback next year. So uh, get them out of the Caleb Williams and Drake May sweepstakes. You know, you still have Shadur Sanders, you still have Jaden Daniels, still some quarterbacks out there like that, but – uh, honestly, with how the the Giants have looked and with the money they just gave to Daniel Jones, it kind of feels like the Giants are in this weird standstill of an organization where it's like, well, we can't really move on from Danny Dimes and he just tore his ACL and we'll see what happens when he comes back. But that That's probably the risky take though. that. <laughs> yeah, but that won't be until week six, week seven of next year. So do they start the season with Tommy DeVito and just call next season a wash? I mean, the Giants are in a tough spot right now. Uh, but, hey, we'll always have Tommy DeVito and Giants fans enjoy it now because this is the classic scenario that we all do as people, which is that we all have like, you know, when you were in college, you had like a test that you or a, a paper or something that was coming up this week, right? Coming up in a week. And you'd be like, hey, I'll get to it. You know, I'll get to it. We have this party this week. My fraternity's having this party or my organization's having this party or, you know, I got this thing coming up that's going to take precedence. And you find something to distract yourself with, right? And we do it as adults now with work stuff too. Um, and I kind of feel like that's what Giants fans are doing right now with Tommy DeVito, which is that like, we don't want to think about next year. We don't want to think about Danny Dimes. Let's focus on this funny Italian guy who eats chicken cutlets with his family yeah, and is, is, is from Northern Jersey. And we can talk about these guys, you know, and then the season will end and then they have to face the reality that is like, we're kind of fucked next year. Um, but Hey, Purgatory, really? <laughs> and the more games they win, the more fucked they are. So we'll see if they end up continuing this, uh, this stretch, they need a wide receiver. There'll be plenty in this year's draft. Uh, I would I would imagine that that is the direction they will go, but you know we will see. We will see. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We will preview all the games from Week 15. Uh, full slate bye weeks officially over in the NFL. So we now I feel like we just got to bye weeks, and now we're already done with bye weeks. Uh, but Week 15, no more buys. Every team in the NFL will be playing. And we will have picks for every single game on the other side. Take a quick break. Be back. All right. Week 15. Let's dive in. Before we do that, however, let's go over our standings. Uh, Scotty, we got we got bodied last week. Yeah. Bad week for the boys. But it's time week. to get amongst it. We're going to rally. We are. No, I will say this. We had back-to-back good weeks. At least I had back-to-back good weeks. Um, but as a whole, as a pod, we had pretty solid back-to-back 
the last two weeks. So we were we were kind of due. Vegas was kind of due, if we're being honest. The last two weeks, Vegas kind of as a whole didn't do great. This week, Vegas, as we know, the house always wins. The house won. Um, so a Scotty, <laughs> uh, so from last week, Vito was our best record at seven, seven, and one. He did uh five of his locks this week. So now he needs four. You need to make up three games as well. So well, we did we postseason too, yeah. Is that or are we just doing regular? I mean, you could double up in postseason, but you know. If you if you missed regular season games, you should have to make them up in the regular season. That's fair. That's fair. So you have three games you have to make up over the next four weeks. Uh, Vito has to do four for the last four weeks, and he will be caught up. So you you can take you can only pick three this week if you want, but then you'll have to pick four the last three weeks of the season. Or you have to, yeah, pick four games oh, yeah. for the last three weeks. If uh, the last three and pick an extra one each week too, I can do that. But there's any you, number of ways I can do if this. If you, if you, you, there is. But if you, there's a bunch. Essentially, I mean, if you wanted to pick six in the last week, you could do that too. Uh, I love I, this idea. I think in the spirit of the way we pick these games, and the fact that I had to pick three a week in the regular season with less information waiting until week 18 when we know that there's going to be people sitting out oh. would be a little shitty. I would argue you had the advantage because I was gone week three and four. Those are locks. Like, come on, you already know who's good. No, not even in the slightest. Plus there's going to be teams uh, who are going to be resting starters. You can't. That's a good I, point. No, that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you I that think one. I think, again, I think having you, you can pick four games over the next three out of the next four weeks. All right. If you want to pick a fourth game in week 18, I'll let you do that. Okay. But now let's, I, I want to take week 18 out of it entirely. We'll just do so, a regular. We'll Scott do Vito has to pick four for the remaining weeks. He picked five last Seems week. Fair. He has, to, he has yeah. to pick four for the remaining four weeks. To catch up, you only have to pick four, three out of the next four weeks to pick to, to catch up. So that's where we stand right now. I have to actually double check that math because I think, let's see here. I'm Vito is uh, 20. Oh, we have we have we had some issues here. Uh Oh, on Trevor. I'm, just, I'm looking I'm looking at see the, the problem with this is. Uh, Vito, you do it manually. Well, I do it manually, but our, our, this is, yeah, this is a problem. Uh, so Vito, Vito and I are switched on our Google doc in terms of the columns. So the columns on the Google doc are Scotty Vito, Jeff or Scotty, Jeff Vito. The columns on my manual sheet, the, the backup are Scotty Vito, Jeff. So Vito and I are switched. Hmm. So sometimes seems I like copy, something we I, should be aligned on, huh? I copy sometimes I copy those down incorrectly, but it's all right. I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it now, uh, and it actually helps me. So I'll uh, I'll take that. Um, so right now our locks for the week, uh, you are from last week. 
you are 15, 20, and 1. Vito is 20, 13, and 2. And I am 20, 16, and 3. Oh. So Vito has to catch up three games. You have to catch up three games. Wait, do I have that map right? 2016 yeah, and 3, 23, that's uh, 23 plus 16, that's four, uh, 39. Yeah, 39. Vito has 20 plus 13, 33 plus. So Vito is four back. Okay, so I was right. So Vito has to do four the next four weeks, and then you are three behind. Yes, okay. We're all cut up. So, yes, you have to pick one extra game for the next in it for for the next four weeks or three weeks however you three, want to split it up you have, you have to catch yeah. up three games Vito has to catch up four games the way the records stand now Vito technically in first place at 2013 and two I'm in second place with 2016 and three Scotty's in third place with 15 20 and one overall I'm in first place 105 90 and 11 after week 14. Uh, you are in second place, 88, 77, and 10. And Vito is in third place, 72, 70, and 7. So as a whole, we are over 500 with our picks this year, which is uh, is the best season we've had picks. Uh, our locks have been a little more up and down. A little more up and down. But we will, uh, we will see as we continue here. So again, Scotty has to make up three games. Vito has to make up four games to catch up to me to make sure we have an even number across the board so we can we can judge accordingly uh and we will go from there so are you are you saying right now you're going to pick four games this week you can pick more if you want if you like the board i know you can, yeah you can pick more. I, i'm just no all i'm saying is that i will not pick an extra one two or three in week 18 that's all okay. i'm saying so because from, that doesn't from, seem fair. I'm so with 15, you there. 16, 17, the next three weeks, you will make up those three games. Yeah. We'll get there. Vito. I don't know. Vito is just probably going to win anyway, uh, even though right and now. He's going to do six um, this week. Don't worry about it. Vito and I have the same amount of wins in our locks somehow. Uh, but but we'll see. We'll see moving forward here. Uh, he knows he's got to pick it. Uh, you know, and, and hey, if he doesn't pick an extra one this week, then he's got to pick two moving forward and the number just keeps moving for him. So it's, it's to his benefit to make sure he knows what he has to do. Uh, all right, let's start with Thursday night football chargers Raiders, Aiden O'Connell against Easton stick. Uh, this game's going to suck. I'm definitely not going to watch this game just so everyone's aware. Um, but let's start off here. Chargers at Raiders Raiders minus three at home. I watched Easton Stick in college. I covered Easton Stick in college. Not as Scott. I texted that in our group chat on Friday, on Sunday, and Scotty thought I meant literally like I covered him as like a cornerback. <laughs> and he caught himself quickly and went, oh, wait, you mean media? And I said, yes, Scotty, like media. Uh, I did not cover Easton Stick man-to-man. Um Though I am taller than him, so maybe I'd have a chance. I have a little bit of length on him. He might, he probably He's has probably yacht speed. I mean, yeah, he has speed, strength, athleticism, uh, you know, charisma, probably all of that over me. But I might have him on length. That's about it. 
Uh, but the Raiders are a three-point favorite here against the Chargers. This is an interesting one because it's two backup quarterbacks and the backup quarterback parade continues here. I have no idea what to what to pick or what to lean on in this game other than I feel like Aiden O'Connell's at least played more football. Like what's crazy is Aiden O'Connell's a rookie. Easton Stick has been in the NFL for four years. Aiden O'Connell's already played more football than Easton Stick. So we have no idea what to what to pick with Easton Stick. The, the talent around Easton Stick is better, right? Keenan Allen has been the leader, is currently the leader in the NFL in receptions, but he's out in this game. So I feel like the, the, the logical pick here and the one that makes most sense is to take the Raiders minus three, and that's where I'm going to pick. So I'm going to take the Raiders minus three here to kick us off in week 15. Yeah, love that, dude. No, I I kept writing down reasons the Chargers should win, and it's gotten harder and harder and harder because not only do they have – and one of my big justifications was that they have a quarterback that's got very little tape on him. That usually means that that quarterback's going to have some success, but they don't have Keenan Allen. They don't have any other receivers that are, are worth a whole hell of a lot. Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett are the other two guys who are going to be in the mix because they haven't done anything with Quentin Johnson so far this year. Um and then all the the injuries on the uh, on the the Raiders side. Max uh, Max Crosby was questionable. Uh, Jacobs didn't practice until yesterday. Devontae's been sick, um, and so I'm thinking, no, duh, hammer that. Give me the quarterback that's got no tape and the and the team that's depleted on on two sides of the ball. And then I realized what happened in the last game. Khalil Mack had six sacks for the Chargers the last time that these two played. Eckler got paid and has 3.7 yards per rush. Allen has Keenan Allen has 108 receptions. He's not in this game. The next closest on receptions on the Chargers with a a a, rook, a, a relative rookie quarterback, a guy making his what uh like third uh third game in the NFL, second game in the NFL. Eckler is the second closest receiver with 70 something. That's insane to have that big of a difference. Um Oh no! Sorry, thirty something. There's a gap of seventy receptions between um, uh, Allen and Eckler, and so uh, I think if the if the if the Raiders can neutralize Khalil Mack, like go into the locker room and be like, "There's one dude that we need to take out. It's that guy. He rushes from the left side all the time. Neutralize the hell out of him. Throw one tight end or running back, two tight ends on him. Neutralize him. Limit the mistakes. Last time they played." Aiden O'Connell had an interception, three fumbles, two of them lost. Um, so limit the mistakes by Aiden O'Connell, and that uh, the defensive line for uh, for uh, the Raiders have got to get cooking at some point. Um, not only Max Crosby, but they, uh, Tyree's got to get going. You know, we haven't heard his name almost all year. Like this is the time of the season where those rookie guys, wide receivers, skill positions in particular, but those big like edge guys who uh, we haven't heard of for most of the season start to come on. I think he has a big impact in this game. And I think Antonio Pierce and the Raiders are locking in a victory by more than three points at home in Sin City against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, you can run against this Chargers defense, right? We've seen teams do it all year. I mean, even even the Patriots, when they scored zero points, were still able to move the ball on the ground until Ramondre Stevenson got hurt. Yeah, so and we I, expect Jacobs will be in there at least. You're you know, locking this? This is but, a lock for you? Oh, 100% Raiders all day. Wow. 
See, not only it, yes, these but games, fuck yes. like we have multiple games this week where we have backups going up against backups. In fact, the first three games are going to pick are all bat. All three games on Saturday are backups versus backups. Uh, well, sorry, the first two games on Saturday, rather. We have Thursday, but the first three games of week 15, Chargers, Raiders, Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts are backup versus backup games. And uh, none of those will be my locks, I will tell you now. But, you know, I, I, I do think Antonio Pierce has done a pretty good job. It does feel like the 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 coach, kind of the new coach, interim coach, you know, uh, essence, whatever you want to call it, the vibes, whatever comes in, wore off. But then there's also a lot of times like the second resurgence, which I think of all the interim coaches so far this year, which we've only had two. But um, I do feel like Antonio Pierce has done a pretty damn good job. And and I don't think he's going to get the head coaching job, um, even though I'd be curious if there was a situation where he could, you know, where they give it to him, they give him the full offseason and everything. I think he'll be great. I think he's a future head coach. But uh, in this case, I think this is a trial run. And, you know, that game last week, say what you will. And I know that three nothing, three to nothing game against the, the Vikings sucked and the offense is sexy. The offense has yeah. sucked on both sides. But holding another team to three points in the NFL in perfect field conditions is really hard to do. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who what the team you're playing. That is hard to do in any case, shape, or form. So he deserves credit for that. He tried to get his team there. Aiden O'Connell struggled. But at the same time, the Minnesota Vikings have been doing stuff defensively and all this these reports that have been coming out about Brian Flores in this new zone defense that's never been seen before in the NFL is, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, and you're dealing with a rookie quarterback who's trying his best. At, you know, we can say he's trying his best. By the way, I had this thought earlier this week. What happened to Jimmy G? What was his injury? I genuinely do not remember. He had a back injury. Was it back? This did year, back, yeah. Did he have surgery? No, no, no. It was just back injuries. Okay, because yeah. I literally had that thought. I was like, I couldn't remember. I'll be remember in 34, that. Jeff. I, I, I could not remember why Jimmy G was not the quarterback for the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, he's had a foot, he's had an ankle, he's had a back, he's had all sorts of shit. It's not even Jimmy G, but it was more that just there's been so many backups that have come in and so many injuries that I lost track of what injury went to what starting quarterback, and I couldn't remember why Jimmy G wasn't playing anymore. So, uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That that makes sense. That that rings a bell. All right, let's move to the Saturday games. Vikings at Bengals. Uh, right now, the Bengals are a three-point favorite. Jake Browning, two and one. Is it two and one or two and two? Two and one as a starter for the Bengals? Two and one, right? Okay. Uh, played pretty good as a whole. A lot of talent around there. A Vikings defense that has been very good. And a Vikings offense that is now on their fourth different starting quarterback this season. A guy that you know very well, Scotty. The Nick Mullins show returns I'll never forget the Monday night football game that he started for San Francisco where he threw like three touchdown passes and everyone's like, ah, Nick Mullins, he created a career for himself. He's going to make a ton of money. And we were right. Nick Mullins is exactly why we say that because Nick Mullins had that one Monday night football game where he threw for like three touchdowns five years ago and is somehow still in the NFL. Um, I'll say this. He looked a lot better than Dobbs did in the offense last week. 
and you know, again, we we love the Josh Josh Dobbs show, but everything kind of comes to an end. Uh, and I'm curious, is this going to be the end for the Jake Browning show, or is this going to continue? Now he's got a ton of talent around him. He's got a defense that's played really, really well. They're three point favorites at home. This is another one to me that feels like a coin flip. You know, it's it's not a, it's not a mistake that both the Vikings and Bengals and the Chargers and Raiders have the same line here. And when we're talking about backup versus backup, you're giving the benefit of the doubt to the home team. Jake Browning has played well, but you know he's really only had to make a couple of passes a game to really like accentuate this team to get them to that next level. And I I'm curious this. It, it feels like this might be the end of the line for Jake Browning, but I said that last week too, and he came out and played even better after that Monday night football game. So do we see three continuous weeks, three wins in a row for Jake Browning, or is this the end of the Jake Browning era in Cincinnati? I think it's three in a row. That defense is playing better. Uh, Alexander Madison out this game. The one thing that has helped, especially when you got a new quarterback in is getting the run game going. They'll be riding with Tyson Chandler, I believe. Uh, as their their primary back. Uh, but a ton of that offensive line for Minnesota is banged up, um, and they were terrible at the beginning of the year, and they've gotten better each week. So for them to be banged up right now is not helpful. And what the hell is happening with Justin Jefferson? I assume he's going to play just because of the importance of this game. Um, but like he's not 100% either, right? Uh, so uh, we'll, we shall see. It didn't, you know... When he came back last week, the one thing we talked about was the chemistry that he would have with Josh Dobbs. Is that going to be any different with Nick Mullins? I don't think so. I think it's going to be tough for them to move the ball. Um, but in the event that they do, it, it, Nick Mullins can make one big play and, and it could flip the game on its head. I like this line at three. I think that's about a push is really where it goes. And McPherson, Money McPherson, Money Mac gets a, a game-winning field goal here to push. Uh because I think these teams are about evenly matched. I think Jake Browning has enough in the tank and enough weapons around him. Joe Mixon had a great game last week. I think he kind of exploit that in a Minnesota defense that uh, has been better against the run, pretty good against the run. But what they did last week was utilize Mixon and uh, Jesus. That's two days in a row that I've forgotten the uh, the backup uh, running back, whatever it is. Uh, Chase Brown. Chase Brown, thank you. Uh, they used him in the screen game as well as Mixon. So mix some of that stuff in and uh, and you got yourself a ball game. I'm close to making this a lock. I'm not going to do it. I think this is closer to a push than it is uh, a four-point game. Um, but I like the Bengals in this one as well. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals as well. Uh, the, the main reason is Minnesota, no Cam Akers. He's on IR. No Alexander Madison. He's out for this game. No idea who's playing running back. There will be no ground game, which means you are entirely dependent on the arm of Nick Mullins. And uh, Justin Jefferson, if he plays on a short week, will be questionable to play in this game. Uh, after He took a nasty hit to, his, to the back last week. He had to go to the hospital after the game. Luckily, there was no you know internal bleeding, no rib injury, you know, nothing rib related in terms of like cracking a rib and it puncturing a lung or, you know, bleeding from the liver, none of that kind of stuff. Scott, you got something? I'm changing my mind. I'm doing it. Oh, okay. Scotty's going to go with the Vikings. Lock that bitch in. Oh, no, he is going to lock it in, going with the, lock with it the in. Bengals. Okay. I'm just, yeah, because it, uh, a quarterback, when you, you said don't know change your mind. I thought you meant you were going to go with the Vikings. I was like, no, not on the game. No, hell no. Uh, quarterback that you don't know what you're going to get. Banged up Justin Jefferson. Terrible offensive line. 
no and running. Who game. knows who's running the ball? Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. Against a team that is like fighting there in the hunt, like firmly. In the I mean, and so is Minnesota, right? I mean, Minnesota is too, but. I think what we've learned is that Minnesota is is struggling to try to figure out something at quarterback. Now, look, I'll, I'll say this: like again, the offense against the Raiders was able to move the ball a little bit there when Nick Mullins came in late in the second half, but it was still kind of barely, and it was mid game. And now you're going to give the Bengals a week to prep, and the Bengals week defense is still Lou pretty prepping. good. Yeah. This 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 feels like it's going to be Bengals all the way. So I'm going to take the Bengals. Minus three here at home to pull this one out. Uh, all right. Up next Saturday, Steelers Colts. Indy is a one and a half point favorite at home. Another Mitch Trubisky game. And I did it last week and it backfired. And you know what? I'm still rolling with, which I think is the best offensive play caller in football. Shane Steichen. Um, first lock of the week. I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts here. Minus one and a half. Uh, you're essentially you're 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 almost getting a pick em here at one and a half. It's as close as you can get, basically, without it being a pick em, uh, other than like minus one where you can maybe split. You don't see half point lines one way or the other anymore. Uh, one and a half at home. Uh, there's a chance you're going to see Jonathan Taylor in this game. Probably not, but they can still move the ball. The Steelers offense is in absolute shambles, and it has nothing to do with the coordinator for once. It has everything to do with the fact that Kenny Pickett's not in. Uh, the, the Colts defense has been good. The other thing, too, is the Colts coming off of a loss this season have been very, very good going through here, right? They lose Jacksonville week one. They win the next game 31-21 against, against Houston. They lose against the Rams. They come back, win the next game against Tennessee uh, 23-16. They had that one stretch. They did lost, lose three in a row, Jacksonville, Cleveland, and New Orleans. Then they had their four-game win streak. They come off this here. Uh, the Steelers do not scare me in this sense right now. I, I think there's a lot of issues on that team top to bottom. This this is starting to feel like not your usual Mike Tomlin team. I think if there's a year where Mike Tomlin doesn't get that winning record, it could potentially be this year. I think the Colts top to bottom are just a better football team. And if we're getting Mitch Trubisky against – Gardner Minshew, I'm taking Gardner Minshew. I like the weapons better. You know, the upside of George Pickens and Deontay oh. Johnson are better. But if we're talking about reliable, Michael Pittman has been captain reliable. Unbelievable. Right now. Yeah. Bet him He's so four, good. Bet him four plus receptions this week, five plus receptions this week. I'm just telling you, it bet hits him eight every single sake. week. <laughs> you know, and if they end up having Jonathan Taylor back, which he is still currently listed as questionable. Um, that's a huge plus for them. But even without him, Zach, Zach Moss has been able to uh, run the ball very effectively. I'm looking now to see the most recent. Okay, so Jonathan Taylor has been listed as out, so we will not get Jonathan Taylor in this game. And they are missing their their start one of their starting tackles as well. Um, but this is a, a team here in the Pittsburgh Steelers that is banged up significantly by injuries. And I think the longer that the Steelers are banged up, the longer that that loss streak continues. They just lost back-to-back really embarrassing games against the Cardinals and the Pats. Don't get me wrong. Nor in any, If it was a starting quarterback, I would probably pick the Steelers as a lock because Kenny Pickett back starting quarterback, back-to-back terrible losses. 
winning I here. I hammered the over week. in that game too. <laughs> it's Holy just, shit. <laughs> it's just not happening in this game. So uh, I'm taking Gardner Minshew and the Colts, and I'm locking it in. First lock of the week goes to the Indianapolis Colts and what I think is the best play caller in the NFL in Shane Steichen. I love it, buddy. That's a great pick. Um, I thought, you know, there was that tweet from Ursay earlier this week that they're like six and 50 or whatever against the, the Steelers, whatever the hell he said, which is not enough motivation for me, but you got the Steelers coming into your building over unders at 42 and a half spreads at one and a half. So you're telling me that the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky, are going to score 24 plus points. He's assuming it's a close game. I don't think so, doc. And guess like they might be able to run the ball a little more, but that defense is, is, is been not break. They give up a lot of points, but they've been decreasing the amount of points that they give up in Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew at home has been really good. They've gotten into some shootouts at home against like uh, the, the one in Cleveland sticks out uh, as a, as a comp to, uh, to, to Pittsburgh. I love the Colts here. Guess what, buddy? Three, four, three on locks. Let's go. That's how you tee off a podcast. Wow. Give me the Colts. All right. We got Scotty going another lock right off the gates. That gives him three straight locks to start off the pod. The first, <laughs> but we could get to Saturday night and you can just be miserable. You can just be like, oh my That's God, funny. why? We're having fun, Jeff. It's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Sports are fun. They're supposed to be fun, except for when the Eagles play like shit. Um, all right. Up next, uh, we have the Broncos at the Lions. The Lions are four and a half point favorites in this game. I'll, I'm going to say it right now. That line feels way, way too high. A little fishy, Way right? too high. I, I, This feels like, a, like the fact that it's creeping into the Vegas zone and we're looking at a team like Denver, who has been playing lights out defensively against an offense that has struggled for three straight weeks against a defense that has struggled even more. And look, the Broncos offense hasn't been world beaters, but they've hit on those deep shots, right? And if there's one place that you can really attack these this, this Lions defense, it's in the secondary. It's those deep shots over the top, right? And, and I love Brian Branch, but he's still a rookie safety. And the one other thing that the Broncos have done a pretty good job of during this stretch where they've been winning a bunch of games has been running the football. And the Lions haven't been able to stop the run either. I to me, unless the Lions offense comes out like gangbusters, I don't see a world where the Lions cover this spread. So I I love the Broncos. I really, really want to take them as locks. I'm not going to, and this is because I have a unhealthy and unhealthy uh belief in Dan Campbell and the way he can galvanize his team when they need a big win. They did it against uh, New Orleans, right? Even though they, they came out hot as hell after they lost on Thanksgiving and they almost gave, gave that game away at the end, they still found a way to cover. I just feel like this Broncos defense is too good to be able to do that against. And Amon Ross St. Brown has become like the only reliable wide receiver threat on that team. Yes, you have Josh Reynolds, who's made plays this year. They have a bunch of guys who have made Khalif big Raymond. plays. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, Khalif Raymond, Jameson Williams. They have a, but the, Those three guys, Reynolds, Raymond, and Williams, have all made big plays throughout the season, like plays that you see on SportsCenter, plays that you see on, on Chris Berman's you know weekly recaps. 
but they haven't been consistent in helping the offense grow, right? Helping the offense consistently move. The only things that's really moving the chains consistently for the Lions have been Amonra, Laporta, who's a rookie tight end. And yeah, David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs making a big play out of the backfield. And I just don't think you can do that against this Broncos defense because they've been playing as well as any defense in the NFL. So I hate to do it because I do love this Lions team and I want to see them succeed, but I'm going to take the Broncos plus four and a half. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I I think the one area you could point to on, on Detroit's offense that could be successful because like a lot of these are, are big play deep shots that you're not going to get those against this Broncos defense who absolutely murdered a good offensive line in the Chargers and, and got to the quarterback a million times uh, on Justin Herbert to the point where he is no longer playing this season. Um, I think that that is going to play a big factor in the game. They're going to be able to to force some turnovers from Jared Goff, who's been like really kind of shaky against good defenses lately um, in, in the turnover game. One area you could point to is if you start getting Jameer Gibbs involved in like the short pass game, Sam Laporta involved in the short pass game, over the middle, move the ball, keep the ball out of Russ's hands so they're not getting these sustained drives because that's what the Broncos have done. They've run the ball. They've sustained drives. It's not huge numbers, but this is how they they won five games in a row and six out of seven. So like that that's their MO. And the way to, to neutralize that is to do the same thing. Right, if you're Jared Goff, limit the turnovers, win the time of possession battle, and, and move the chains, and and that they have enough talent around them that can score, and then you don't have to put the pressure on the defense to go out and be like, oh, we got to stop the the deep shot from Russ Wilson. Um, I don't think that happens though. I think it's more of the same. I think that the Lions are like fully into like, oh well, we've we've won nine games, and here's how we won them. And we're going to go out and do the same thing because that's what the the Broncos did too, right? And that's not going to work because it hasn't worked over the last like four weeks. So I think the Broncos have a a, a big win here on the road in Detroit on uh, on Saturday night. I'm going to take the Broncos to cover the four and a half. The Broncos are ha- are five and two against the spread in their last seven games. The Lions. And I'm sorry, Vito. <laughs> the Lions are. Four or three and four against the spread in their last seven games. I'm sorry in advance, Vito, because I've not guessed a Broncos game correctly this year. So I'm. I hope I mean, this I'll, is the I'll one say, look, I get right. I'll, I'll say this: <laughs> like I, I think the Lions have a very good chance to win this game, and I think it's going to come down to a field goal at the end. I just, to me, four and a half is just a little too rich. And at, that being said, like the Lions have the talent that they can just they can turn it on offensively. But ultimately, like you're going to get Sertan matched up against Amonra St. Brown. So if you have Amonra in your fantasy playoffs right now, like that's a tough deal. It's a tough deal for you right now. But if that happens, then they're going to have to rely on Laporta and the backfield with Montgomery and Gibbs and the that's other wide receivers. Yeah. And that's a lot to ask. And ultimately, like the thing that keeps this all like the the coal that you dump into the furnace to keep the engine running has been a Monroe, right? Like on big plays, a like not like touchdown plays, but like third down and, and seven hit a Monroe on the crosser on the a middle, slant, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like, but then he's getting the, the shit kicked and, out of him, right? And, and that's so the problem. He's been, he's been banged up all year, but also you have arguably the best man to man cornerback in the NFL going up against you. Right. Or at least one of the top two or three guys. 
those throws aren't going to be there. So can Jared Goff find other ways to get the ball to guys like Gibbs out of the backfield? I had him plus four and a half receptions last week. He got to four. It was close, but they need he needs like that was the thing about him coming out of college, right? When they drafted in the first round, the thing that everyone was saying in the draft coverage is like, oh, well, they'll be able to line him up in the slot. They'll be able to move him in, in motion and get him out in space and throw him the football. They haven't done any of that. So it feels like, oh, we got this Amara, you know, this Calvin or uh, Alvin Kamara type talent. He hasn't done any of that stuff yet this year. And if you're if you're expecting him to be that kind of a player because you drafted him that high to be that kind of a player, you're just not getting the production yet. And now would be an opportune but, time to do that. But then what were you expecting out of year one from Jameer Gibbs? Right. Well, like, and that's the thing. That's why so many <laughs> like, people question the draft pick. This is why you don't draft running backs in the first round. Because when you do, you typically hey, end up even Saquon, like Jameer Gibbs has been good when you get the ball in his hands, but they're not using even Bijan, right? It's like, what are you saving him for? You have a, you draft this guy in the first round as a running back for a reason, right? Use him. You don't have to pay him for th- four years. You're not going to pay him. And once you get to the end of that fifth year extension, if you give him the fifth year option, you're not going to pay him then. So use him, use the tread on the tires while it's here because you have a good team. So get him the ball as much as you can. And if you try to save him for the future, then you're just doing your team a disservice. Because right now you have a guy who can absolutely be a game changer with the ball in his hands, and you're not utilizing it. And I think you absolutely have to. All right. Next up, Sunday. Start with the Sunday games. And we will start with the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. Another Joe Flacco game. Flacco gets a one-year contract. I think it's like $4 million for the rest of the year. That's not a bad, uh, think about that, right? That's like what, like a three and a half million, three and a half million for the next, uh, three and a half months. You know, that's, that's pretty, I mean, pretty damn no, good. I love that. I love that, that because he was on the practice squad, the rules are he could go anywhere he wants. Right. But I love the fact that he was like, no, I want a deal done because you guys trusted in me. You believed in me to bring me in at 38 years old and sling the rock to get you guys back to where you need to be in the playoff position. And well, and I also love- I don't that that report that came out in the week about him being back out there and being on waivers and stuff. I, I think there was a predetermined agreement that they would l- like do that. So that way they could sign him to a deal. Like, I think that was more financially based than anything else. I don't think there was ever a real threat that he was going to be taken off of another. Well, I know. thought that was just the, the rules of the practice squad. Like he could go wherever. He no. Wants, so if like you're, you go to the, what, if you're on the practice squad, you are signed to that team. They demoted him to the practice squad. You have to release somebody on from the active roster to wait. Oh, I got you. He had okay. never been on the active roster. Uh, he had been elevated from the practice squad. So the only way he would have been available to sign anywhere else is if they had released him. Really? Yeah. And then he would have gone through waivers off the practice. Gotcha. So he gets a, a one-year deal. Anyway, yeah. Good with deal the Browns, for him. <laughs> $4.05 million of incentives. Uh, that is purely based on winning. So as long as they keep winning games, Joe Flacco makes a lot of money over the next uh, what do you call uh, three months? Yeah, I guess two months. You would you would say because I don't think they're getting much past uh, December. 
uh, maybe into January a little. Oh, they have to play through January, but I don't think he's getting much deeper into January than what he already has. Uh, they are a three-point favorite against the Chicago Bears. The Bears' defense has been good. Montez Sweat has been awesome. Uh, TJ Edwards has been great. I miss you, TJ Edwards. Uh, uh, Terrell, not Terrell. Is it Terrell <laughs> Edmonds? Is that the Edmonds who's there? No, not Terrell Edmonds. Um, no. uh, the other Edmonds. Term, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine. Uh, the other yeah. li- linebacker. From the Bills. Edmonds. They're playing good good defense there. And and the number one wide receiver, our number one uh, – uh, not Jermaine Johnson, I'm blanking on his name, but the other uh, cornerback there for the Chicago Bears has been one of the highest-rated cornerbacks in all of football. Um, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to take the Bears in this game. Uh, I I feel like Justin Fields knows that this is an audition because he's not going to be a Chicago Bear next year, and he knows that he's probably going to end up playing on another team, and he's coming off of you know some good tape here going to continue to look, come off of good tape. I don't think the Browns defense is as scary against an athlete to the caliber that is Justin Fields. I think he's going to find ways to escape the pocket. And frankly, I don't think the Browns offense is sustainable, right? They scored multiple touchdowns last week off of not trick plays, but very, very sneaky plays. I'll put it right. There's, I think there's a difference between a trick play and a sneaky play where it's just really, really good play design, and and Joku just happened to run out free. Jaquan Brisker is playing phenomenal football, 17 tackles out of him last week at the safety position. Yes, I knew that was coming. Um, But they're also playing phenomenal coverage, uh, and Montez Sweat has absolutely made a difference with their pass rush. I think the Bears' defense is legit, and I don't think the the Browns' offense is sustainable. So by that logic alone, I'm going to take the team that I think is playing better football right now and – Amazingly, that is the Chicago Bears. So I'm going to take the Bears plus three in this one. Browns play pretty good against running quarterbacks on defense. Uh, that has been proven all year long. I love the pick. I love the Bears at, at minus three. Uh, but I'm going to pick the uh, the solid plus defense three. against running quarter. Sorry, plus three. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, the solid uh, defense against running quarterbacks. And is that true, though? Former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. To cover the three, Jay Flacco. Um, yeah, I mean they played well against Baltimore. Uh, no, they lost that game. Sorry, no, they lost twenty to three against Baltimore. Um, yeah, I, I mean they, they won the second time against Baltimore, thirty three to thirty one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Kenny Pickett, they lost. Baltimore, they lost. Seattle, they lost. Denver, they lost. The Rams, they lost. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if they've played that well against mobile quarterbacks. Um, the wins, I mean, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow was on one foot. Tennessee, Tannehill, not mobile. Purdy, not mobile. Uh, Indy, Gardner Minshew get put up thirty eight against them, not mobile. Arizona, I think that was the last Josh Dobbs game there. They won twenty seven nothing. Uh, they beat Baltimore again, so they did get one win against them, and one of those was a pick six. That was a big reason why they won that game. Uh, Pittsburgh, they won 13-10. to 10. Um, Trevor Lawrence, a little bit, but he just had the high ankle sprain. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's not a bad bet to go against what is uh, arguably the best pass rush in football, you know, to go on that side. So uh, I understand where you're coming from. 
All right, up next, Bucks at Packers. Interesting game here. Two potential playoff teams. The Bucks win this game. It's a huge advantage to them uh, in the NFC South. But they're going up against the Packers team that had been playing really, really good football and kind of stumbled on Monday night. But the Packers are coming off of a short week. I'll say this. I love the Packers in this game. Um, the Bucks have been a roller coaster team, right? And I think as much as we all love Baker, one of the things with Baker is that when he comes in after a big win, he it's it's a lot of this energy, right? He's Baker has that that puppy energy that gets the zoomies, and he's like, ah, I'm gonna run around. I'm so excited. Oh my god, we won this game. Can that carry over and be sustainable against a team like the Packers? I think the Packers are a legitimately good football team. I think they can run the football. You can run the football against the Bucs. I think Jordan Love has done an amazing job with big-time throws and big-time moments. The question to me is three-and-a-half is a scary line, right, because you're getting three and that hook. Um, so you basically have to pick the Packers by a touchdown if you think that realistically they're going to win this. Can the Packers get at least a full touchdown ahead of the Bucs to win this game? I think they can. I think the underrated part of this Packers run, everyone's focusing on the quarterback, the young wide receivers and everything, is, it, it, and that's fair. I think the defense has been all, all around pretty solid. Uh, obviously, they they came up short in that that last drive, and Tommy DeVito, credit where credit's due, delivered a couple of strikes. Um, but I think the Packers are the better football team. I, I like Green Bay a lot in this game. Um, I, I To me, Tampa Bay has been – Jekyll and Hyde this year, right? They're either coming up and being super competitive or they struggle like crazy in these games. I think this is a game where where Tampa Bay struggles. So I'm going to take Green Bay minus the three and a half. Don't love the three in the hook, um, but I think Green Bay kind of gets back on track because Green Bay, I mean, look, both teams have playoff implications here, right? But I do think Green Bay is a playoff team. I do think they're good enough. And I to me, it's kind of like we were talking about the Rams on Tuesday, right? Like I would love to see this Packers team in the postseason because I think they're a good football team. I think it adds better overall games in the postseason if they are one of the seven teams that's in there. And I think they are good enough. So part of it's manifesting, part of it's I just think the Packers are a good football team, but I'm gonna take Green Bay there. I think Green Bay gets into the postseason. I think they win this game minus three and a half. Yeah, there's another Jeff that's gonna like what you said there, but uh love like, you, I, Jeff Martz. He was at the Monday night game against the Giants. You believe that? Yeah, it's a tough one. See I, don't that think he's, I don't think he's allowed to go to uh, any more games. By the way, so everyone knows, Scotty and I did end up with the one and two seed in our fantasy league. Bye, brothers. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, hey, easy. BYE, brothers. Yeah, but BYE, bye, brothers. Uh, but, yes, yeah. no, we uh, we have the week off. We're uh, we're ready for the, uh, the sem- quarterfinals, semifinals. Yeah, we're automatically in the semis. Boy, oh, what a week to be off to. Go. I got no Keenan Allen. Uh CD Lamb's got a tough game against the Bills. Yeah. This is I was praying for the bye. Um uh, because <laughs> my lineup in the in the first week would not have done well. Um in any case, here we go. Uh look, I think the Packers are good. They 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 look like a good team. They were able to move the ball really well. I mean, every time you looked in that Monday night game, Jordan Love was marching the ball down the field. But the Bucks have a really good offense when Baker is down and, and needs a big win to 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 pull out what is in this division going to be uh, a division title, um, for, at least for the Bucks. I mean, uh, Green Bay's defense gives up uh, a lot of yards uh, in in the passing game. And look, 
you don't have to do that with the the two wide receivers, Evans and, and Godwin, or even Kate Otten for that matter, um, for the Bucks. You can do that with the screen game with Rashad White. That's what's been working. Uh, so move the ball a lot with him and then force the Packers to make a play on defense when they have to. I think Baker moves the ball a lot in this game. The Bear, uh, the Bucks defense does just enough to win this game by uh, by a touchdown, really. Um, so I'm going to take the Bucks here in Lambeau, uh, which is a dumb decision in December. But uh, uh, give me the Bucks. All right. Scotty and I. A lot of differences here. I'm curious to see where Scott. Uh, well, no, Vito... like the first. <laughs> we just started the differences. The first four, we were straight on. No. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, we were. You're right. You're right. My B. <laughs> uh, all right. Up next. Uh, Texans, Titans. This game's a bummer. Um, just because I, I don't like that we don't get to see CJ Stroud. Um, as of oh, right now. Oh, I don't no. think it's I don't think he, it's official, but I think only one player in the NFL has cleared concussion protocol within a week in the last like three seasons. And it was Brock Purdy earlier Brock, this year yeah. <laughs> um, after two concussions. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll say this. I Davis Mills has been frisky, you know, and oh, dude, last year he made us money. <laughs> he did. He did, and I, I really, I just, I hate that we don't get to watch CJ Stroud because he is, he has very quickly become one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. Just flat out, I just, I love watching the dude play. I, to me, what he's been doing as a rookie is so outrageously impressive. He's currently listed as questionable, um. So there is Come a on, chance. Football gods, so give us something. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to take the Houston Texans. I'm going to take the Houston Texans. The Titans are coming off of an emotional Monday night win. Uh, we also have uh, also Will Anderson's doubtful for the game, which sucks. Nico Collins oh, expected to come back. Falling apart. Yeah, I know. Um, CJ Strad will at least be back by the time I need him to be back in the postseason for fantasy reasons for Nico Collins. And Nico Collins will also be back by the time I need him, which is great. Um, but what I will say is the ta- the Titans are coming off of an emotional win. I'm going to bank on, on CJ C. Stroud plays in this game. That's what I'm going to say. I think CJ Stroud dresses for this game. And if they do, I think the Texans win this game. If they don't, I think Davis Mills can keep it close because I think that defense is going to show some heart here. This might be a dumb pick. I'm, I, I'm weirdly like betting and making my pick based off of my belief that CJ Stroud comes back, but I think it's going to happen. So I'm going to take the Houston Texans. I'm going to take CJ Stroud. I think Nico Collins uh, plays limited snaps in this game. And I think the Houston Texans win this game. So I'm going to take the Texans. I don't like it, like it necessarily because I'm banking on uh, something that's only happened once in the NFL over the last like three years to happen. But Hey, crazier shit has happened as well. So give me the Texans. Plus three on the road against the Titans. I also don't think the Titans even, are that good. I just don't. Even crazier that you're going against the Titans minus three at home in the Nash. That's wild. That's usually a lock. But the thing is that yeah, they have at home. they have three players who played really well in that game. Three: Will Levis, Derrick Henry, and DeAndre Hopkins. 
And that's it. Chigakonkwo had a couple of big catches uh, down the stretch. But that's it, right? And now he's got D-Hop going in a revenge game against the the Texans, like, for the fifth time. Um, But D-Hop going up against Derek Stingley. Okay, Derek Henry going up against the defensive line, who, even without Will Anderson, has been formidable uh, this season. Way above expectations. And then you force Will Levis to throw to who else? I'm taking the Texans too, man, uh, because even without C.J. Stroud, I think they're able to move the ball better against this defense, which has been a sieve. Uh, got lucky on some penalties uh, and and some turnovers in the uh, in the uh, game against Miami. Did Tennessee? So I'm with you, man. I love the Texans in this game. I do. Yeah, I look. I no Tank Dell. Clearly, the offense looked different. I mean, everyone has looked different playing the the Jets this year because the Jets defense is that good. But I also kind of believe in Davis Mills. So even if it's CJ Stroud, I kind of feel like, I don't know, this Titans team more often than not has just been really disappointing in games. And he can run the ball like, in the Titans like normally, too. Like, tell you like what. Monday night was like the, oh, of course, this is the ultimate Mike Vrabel game. We we talked about it at the early part in the season, like, oh, if the yeah. Titans are two and a half, three point underdog, Dude. take the Titans. That hasn't been the case this year. And yes, Will Lovis has been good, but also every time Will Lovis has been good, he's also followed up with a dud. And he's a rookie. And I don't know. Like I I we talked about at the beginning part of the pod. Like, I do think there is a like that's why I called him a guy, right? I said I think the Titans have a guy. I don't know if he's the guy. I think he's a guy. And a guy is good enough to win you games in big moments. But also, a guy is bad enough to lose you games in big moments too. And I think that might be what we see here, even if it's against Davis Mills. But I'm really banking on CJ Stroud playing in this game. So that's where I'm at right now. Continuing, AFC East matchup, the New York football Jets. Going up against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are eight and a half point favorites. The Dolphins coming off of arguably their worst loss of the season and the Jets coming up against their best win of the season. Do we see continuing trends here? Or do the Dolphins bounce back? The Dolphins at eight and a half is a big, big line against a defense that is this good. Uh, and especially with Tyreek Hill being a bit of a question mark. Another big uh, if for fantasy football people. Uh, what say you, Scotty? Because I, I, this to me is a coin flip. Well, I'll tell you what. The Jets can get right back in the mix, and that means Aaron Rodgers could be back. No. No. And no, that excites the no, hell out of me. No. it's not. He's not coming back. He's not coming, he's coming back. back. He's not coming back. He's coming back. back. It's not happening. He will do it. Uh, next year because the Jets are not going to win this game. The Dolphins are going to go berserk on on offense because, uh, look, I know this Jets defense is lights out. They're they're the best in the league right now. Uh, but to uh, you know, we talked about last week. Can C.J. Stroud pass the test against this this uh, Jets defense? Well, C.J. Stroud's a rookie, right? And he got hurt. Two has been in the league a while. That offense is faster than anybody in the league. They're more not more innovative than anyone in the league. They're up there in innovation. Uh, and they have a lot of skill players. If Tyreek is good and ready to go, even he's 90%, like, fine, forget it. I think that 
I'm so looking forward to that battle one-on-one with Sauce Gardner. <laughs> that seems like so much fun to me uh, at this point in the season. for them A healthy Tyreek, nothing against Sauce Gardner. A healthy Tyreek, there's nothing Sauce Gardner can do. No, there's he's a chef. The chef is going to make the sauce. Uh, so give me the uh, give me the Dolphins minus eight. I think this is a big bounce ga- bounce back game at home uh, after a letdown game. Uh, Are we saying eight football. or eight and a half? Because I'm seeing eight and a oh, half. eight and a half. Okay, yeah, eight and a half. I'll take them at eight and a half too. Okay, I think this I is just want to make sure 10... because that is a defining part of what I what my pick is going to be. Because yeah, no, I think I think it's a ten point game. Easy. I'm taking the Jets. Oh baby, this Jets team. Look, I. They just lost their starting center for the year, Connor Williams, with an ACL tear. That's a huge loss. That offensive line was already, like, slightly Famous. above average. You know, you had Teron Armstead, and then there's nothing else really there that scares you. Your second-best offensive Williams, or offensive lineman is Connor Williams. He's now done for the year. You have a new center snapping the ball, Liam Eikenberg. That was issues that they were talking about on the broadcast, his issue snapping the ball to Tua. This defensive front, like the one thing I'll give credit to the New York Jets for, for as banged up as they've been and all the injuries and the quarterback drama and everything, the defense has not quit once this entire season. This defense is disruptive at the line of scrimmage. They are really good in the secondary. And yes, a fully healthy Tua against Sauce Gardner, I'm still taking Tua. Even 90% of Tua, I still take Sauce Gardner. Or I'll still take Tua or uh, Tyreek. God, I keep me- mixing up Tyreek and Tua's name. Too many T names. However, this game will not be won and lost by the outside play. It's not going to be lost. It's going to be completely disrupted by Quinn and Williams and the interior defensive line of the New York Jets. There is nothing the Dolphins offense can do when they go up against a defense that is this disruptive. And we saw it against the Eagles. However, I do think the Dolphins will win this game. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I think it's going to be close. But losing offensive linemen is a something this team cannot afford. And going up against the best defense, like I I let me pull up right real quick while I'm, while we're talking about this. Because one of the best things about PFF and if if you're a big-time football football fan and you don't have PFF, now granted, we we steal it from Vito, I will say. Um but hey, whoa, hey, whoa. The the okay, actually, this is surprising. This is a little bit different than what I thought. Um, the Jets in the first uh six weeks of the season were four and two against the spread, and then they pushed, and then they actually lost five in a row against the spread. Now, one of those was against the Chargers, different Zach Wilson. I mean, and some of those had to do with the offensive st- input and everything from there. Um, the one thing I'll add to this is they did get embarrassed by the Dolphins earlier this year. I'm sorry. I just PFF likes this line at almost Miami minus 10, which tells me I'm probably stupid for doing this. But you know what? I believe in this Jets defense. And the one thing this Jets defense has is a fucking nasty, vicious chip on their shoulder. And they got blown out by the Dolphins earlier this year. I think they make it a complete 180 in this game. I think they keep it close. I think ultimately Zach Wilson struggles, 
I'm already talking myself out of it, but before I continue talking, I'm just going to say, give me the Jets. Just give me the Jets. Put the bullet on my head and give me the Jets, and then we'll we'll call it at that. Even if you don't get the big plays out of Tyreek down the field going one-on-one with Sauce, I think this is a big game for Jalen Wall on offense on those mid-to-intermediate to routes over the middle. Uh, he was pretty quiet last week, too. He's had a and quiet I think season on, altogether. Yeah. So I, I think I think this is a game where you can get what him involved. Where are his numbers at, actually? Let's take a look. And th- while you look those up, there's a name we haven't talked about in the Dolphins circle well, uh, for true. for quite some time this season. That's Vic Fangio, who hasn't been able to rally the defense. I think this is a time where you go, hey, boys, this offense is not that good. Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, what else? Get it done. Figure it out. See, now you're talking into Miami. I don't want to. So Jalen Waddles at 822 yards. Has there ever been a more quiet thousand yard receiver in NFL history than what Jalen Waddles about to do? That's because of what Tyreek's doing, honestly. (laughs) But it's even still, it's like how many Jalen Waddle highlights have you seen? He only has three touchdowns on the season, but he's averaging 13 yards per catch. That's crazy. (laughs) He is 342 yards after the catch. That's crazy. That's like Brandon Ayuk numbers. Wait, well, this is this, this number is what I think it is. Wow. How many receiving first downs do you think Tyreek Hill has this season? First downs? Yeah. Are we like including every, like touchdowns? Yeah. I'll probably like 42. 69. Nice. Middle school joke aside. 69 first downs is an absurd number through 14 weeks. Yeah. Can I, can we just do that? What is, I'm, I'm going to have to do this math because it doesn't make sense. He's averaging five first down catches a game. That has to be, that has to be number one in the NFL, right? Jalen Waddles at 41, which seems high. See now, see now, see. Okay, now I gotta like. Let's go. Like, let's compare it to like AJ Brown. We're on this tangent, and then we'll go to the Niners because I I want to see that too. Receiving, so I can say AJ Brown has fifty eight. Tyreek still. I just never. That's never been a statistic that I've ever thought to think about I, before. I don't think. Maybe I. I gotta have more than Debo. Catches for first downs. Debo might have more rushes. Receiving first downs. Wow, interesting. Okay, so Ayuk leads the team in receiving yeah, first I, downs. I would at, I would have guessed that. Well, I just said that. <laughs> at 48. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, yeah, that makes sense. But think about that. I mean, we're talking, who else wide receiver-wise would be in that conversation? Like CD uh, Lamb, Keenan Allen, maybe CD. Yeah. Sorry, we're we're going. I, say, to, I just that's never. I like, say Keenan so Allen because he has one hundred and eight catches. So like yeah. I figured, you know, CD Lamb has fifty eight. So one less than one less than uh, than uh, AJ Brown. See this? I, I'm only going through this because it's one of those statistics that like there are so many numbers around football now. And so many advanced analytics. And this is a statistic that I've literally have never thought to look at. Look at, like look I, at Puka. I didn't even know that they Puka tracked. might be up there. That's a, that's a good one. 
All right, uh, Keenan Allen, 56. So right now, no one is over 60 other than... Keenan has two less with, like, 70 more catches than everybody else in the league. Yeah. All right, let's... let's all right, I, sorry, I went to the Chargers again. Let me give it the Rams, and then we'll then we'll move on here. Look at the Rams, because Pook... Yeah, you're right, Pook is a good, a good one for this. Let's see. Puka Nakua, 52. So, so far... Doesn't seem like anyone is wow. <laughs> I don't know. Can I find that stat here on uh it's uh oh I'm on the NBA. ESPN needs to just change all their stuff. ESPN's website, like I, I'm so used to it at this point because it's been how many years? Uh probably twenty-eight for you. You're receiving first downs, go there. Okay, so what's interesting is we almost <laughs> – this is fascinating. Okay, so we looked at four or five wide receivers to look at the top first down numbers. Six, I guess, if you include, include uh, Ayuk. We had five out of the top six. What do you think the one out of the, of the top six we missed was? So number one was Tyreek, number two was AJ Brown, number three was CD Lamb, number four was Blank, five Keenan Allen, uh, six Puka. I would, I would guess Jamar. Correct. Yeah. Jamar Chase has 57. So Tyreek Hill has 11 more first down receptions than anyone else in the NFL. He's at 69. Second place, there's a tie between AJ Brown and CD Lamb at 58. So I was That's wrong. Crazy. I thought I thought AJ Brown was at 59, but he was at 58. That's wild. That's a wild stat. Um. Anyway, I did all this as a as a deflector to decide if I'm going to pick the Jets or not. Can I do it? I don't know if I can do it. Give me the fucking Jets. Fuck it. I'm going to hate myself oh, for that. Boy. I'm going to hate myself <laughs> for that pick, but give me... I'm rolling with Robert Salah. All right? That defense... The Dolphins, no, I changed my mind. Give me the Dolphins, minus eight and a half. Oh, wow. Because at least if I lose, you and I stay even. <laughs> All right, up next. Yeah, it's not o'clock. when you're going to be kicking yourself if the uh, if the Jets do win. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, yeah. No, you know what? I'm going to kick myself either way because whatever I pick, the opposite is going to happen. Chiefs, Pats. <laughs> uh, Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites in this game. Do the Chiefs bounce back here? So they finally get a big time win. They're playing in July. I think this is the only one o'clock game they're playing all year. Oh, poor Patrick. No, they don't. Bill Belichick prepares for this game like he's 10 and 3 and not 3 and 10. Doesn't matter if Mahomes is on the field. Guess what, buddy? Playing fields evened up a little bit because of that call last week. Chiefs are donezo. Give me the bats. Did you see the report? The Belichick Clearly report? Not. Go on. Uh, oh, about him, like Tom, they decided after Tom, Germany that uh which who said that after the Germany games? What was the whole uh, who cares? He's still gonna coach this season, so it doesn't matter. Who said it? You said it. It's great. <laughs> Saying you want. give me give me an ounce of credit, okay? We don't know it's not official yet, obviously. But Tom Curry. Tom Curran is like as tied in to that New England media scene as anybody in that whole area. So, oh, if, well, 
Dude, Bob Bryan's a Celtics guy, first off. Second off, Bob Bryan's been out of that game for a long time. All right. I love Bob Bryan, but it's been a while. Okay. Um, Tom Curran has been like the Patriots guy through the Brady Belichick era. So if he's saying it, and he said it on Greenlight Pod with uh Chris Long, I feel I feel pretty good that it's 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 probably gonna happen. But that doesn't mean he's checked out. That's you know. No. But I'll tell you this: the Chiefs have lost two in a row, which I believe for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era that he's mm-hmm. lost two in a row. Uh not happening. Adversity. Not happening Dude, adversity. Fuck off, man. Give give credit where it's fucking due. Don't get me wrong. He was a whiny little bitch with the way he acted in that game. All right, we talked about it on Sunday. He came out yesterday on Wednesday in the media, said, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Took it back. The right call. Okay. How's how's your boy Draymond doing? All right. We're going to talk about a little whiny little bitch. Oh, no, no. Fully accept that. Like right. I know you what can he be is great. already. You can be great and still be a whiny little bitch. Brady had that same tag on no, him I made, for a I while. Made the, I made the case for that on the intensity last week or earlier this week. So, Absolutely. I, you know, I'm just saying, like, and the Chiefs just because gonna, you're hitting adversity. The Chiefs are going to dominate. The Patriots stink. The Patriots absolutely stink. Can't lock it that. in. Lock it in. Second lock of the oh, week. Oh, baby. I love Jeez. that. How many times are you getting Chiefs? If you had told me at some point this season the Chiefs were going to be seven and a half point favorites against a three and ten team, I would have locked that same score in in August with zero context. And I'm going to lock it in now with context. Give me the Chiefs minus seven, second lock of a week. She's a beaut, Clark. She's a beaut, Clark. Uh, Giants at Saints. Saints are six point favorites. I hate picking saints games can the saints not be a football team anymore can we just stop having to pick saints games because i'm so tired of picking saints games i'm so sick of it i hate them i hate the Saints. Yeah, last time last time i picked the saint was at my confirmation name saint anthony that was mine dominic was yours? dominic dominic the donkey the patron uh, yeah, saint of donkeys I picked it, actually was it actually no oh that was racist such... why <laughs> That'd be such a great story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure half the reason I picked mine was because I was a huge Carmelo Anthony fan at the time. And then my grandfather's nice. confirmation name happened to be Anthony. And I was like, oh, that's fate. I'm just going to be Anthony. Today. I wanted to do Anthony because it would have made my initials S-P-A-M. Spam. Spam. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated meat. I'm going to say it now. Hot, maybe a hot take. I fuck no, with Spam. No, it's not. I love that I fuck take. with Spam. Fried, fried Spam. Pretty damn good. A little Just rice, saying. little seaweed, yeah, a little masubi well, no, action. You can leave. You can leave the seaweed out. Okay, good enough. Spam, I think spam is an it, like if spam wasn't packaged in cans and looked as gross as it did. If they found a marketing spam needs to hire a new marketing director. Like, how can we package spam to make it less disgusting looking? Because if we yeah. could figure out a way to do yeah. that then I think we would be in really, really good shape good with territory. spam stock. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's get it on the ground floor, number one. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. Like, if spam was in a... No, because you don't want it to be clear. You don't want to see spam floating in a jar. Maybe... What if spam... So, yo, here you go. Here you go. I got it. I got it. You know how, oh, you know how like, if you go by... Great segue. Or, uh, uh, sidebar, by the way, here. Um, you know how, like, if you buy, like, a, a thing of, like, prosciutto at the grocery store? I do, and, like, yes. It's, like, sliced and layered on top of itself, well, thin, almost yeah. like a cheese tray, right? Like that. Uh-huh. I think that's how they have to do spam. Like they have on to a shark sl- board? Like no, like it just has to be sliced. Like pre-slice the the spam and then package it like point. you would yeah. like a prosciutto, like a little tray, you know, with the little no, instead of a the, brick. The, the, Yeah, like the little plastic wrap on top, you yeah. know, the the, like re- the resealable, you know, Ooh, if, yeah. if if you had spam sliced Make it nice. Like yeah, like like slice it in the same, or even if they if they packaged it like you would do like a like a bologna, like Oscar Mayer bologna in the little circular sure. yeah, thing. Little, yeah, just get a little spam. But it slices, thing, but pre sliced, yeah. but pre sliced. Yeah. You know, spam spam needs a new marketing director. I think you're onto something there, Bob. Anyway, uh, Saints. <laughs> that's that's anyway. Here's Wonderwall. Anyway, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Uh, yes, that is uh, one of the best tangents we've ever been on. Um, I hate the Saints. I also hate the Giants. Um, Tommy DeVito is not going to keep this up. Derek Carr's teammates hate Bye. him. Like, they <laughs> hate him so much. It's hilarious. Oh, his offensive line is not blocking for him. I'll tell you no. that. But the Giants, like, this, they're not... Uh, give me the Giants plus six. I hate it. I hate it so much. And the reason I'm taking the Giants is because this is what the same shit that it was last year. This is what the Giants always seem to do. It's their whenever they're a bad team, they all of a sudden just find this weird formula at the end of seasons. But it's like Saquon loves Tommy DeVito. It's so weird and unnecessary. But like Saquon like loves Tommy DeVito. You know? And like that it, it's so stupid. But it does. It does. So yeah. Give me the Giants. I don't know. Yeah. I hate it. This yeah, game's going to I'm suck. with you. No, I think it's the defense. The Giants are 10th in EPA, even after that game against Jordan Love, who was moving the ball. The Giants are 10th in EPA allowed per play since week six. They've only allowed 22 points a game in that stretch. They're 5-2-1 and one against the spread in that stretch, and I can't pick against Michael Jean, Tommy DeVito, okay? So I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Giants plus six here. Um, and I think Saquon is, for as good as that Saints defense is, I think Saquon's going to be able to run the ball and, and put Tommy in good positions again like they did against a good defense on the Packers this past week. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm with you, man. I'm taking the Giants. Okay, I'm going to say this now. Unlock my Chiefs block. I'm still oh. taking the I'm still taking the Chiefs. I just – I he had – was so emphatic. I mean, cause, because I, I, mean, I am confident in the Chiefs, but – you can yeah, take it off. I'm still Oof. taking the Chiefs. I'm still very, very Oof. confident in that pick. That's a but, Bill Belichick take right there, but I'll I'm tell you what. No, Patriots are gonna no, win this ball game. It has, it has more to do with the next <laughs> two games that we're picking. And uh that will that will re- reveal itself here moving forward. Up next, Falcons okay. minus three at the Panthers. Lock in the Falcons. Falcons minus three at the Panthers is just an absurd line. All right. This is a total. Vegas is trying to over have us overthink this shit. The Falcons are a good football team. They're not great. Don't get me wrong. They, they actually not, they, they're like borderline good to mediocre. The Panthers are a terrible team. Okay. The Panthers have some guys on defense who can play, 
but there's no way that this game's coming. This should be three and a half at least. Like, give me the hook. Like, if it was three and a half, I wouldn't lock it in. But if it's at Falcons minus three, it's an absolute lock no-brainer to me. So I get the line at three. I'm taking Falcons minus three as a lock. This Falcons team, defensively, they're coming off of a bad loss last week to the Buccaneers. They're absolutely still alive in the playoff race. They've been able to move the ball consistently. This Panthers offense can't do anything, right? So even, even if Desmond Ritter throws two interceptions and fumbles the ball in this game, they're still going to cover this spread by more than three. So Falcons lock, lock, lock of the week. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. I think the justification is that like those dudes on the Panthers defense who you talked about are the ones who are going to be guarding Drake London, who had 172 yards last week and made some electric catches. So, and Kyle Pitts too, for that matter. I think there's there's like plenty of weapons to be had as long as Desmond Ritter doesn't make too many mistakes, like you cited. I think the Falcons win this game pretty easily, though, um, at a point where they know they need to win. They almost need to win out, really, uh, to just to ensure that they are in the playoffs. Um, because who knows what that division is going to hold, whether the Saints are going to win week in and week out, whether the Bucks are going to win week in and week out, or whether they're going to win week in and week out. But I think this defense uh, for the Falcons is going to have uh, something to say about it against a, a rookie quarterback and a really pathetic offense uh, in the in the Carolina Panthers. Do you see they got um there you can get tickets for 45 cents to this game? 40 oh yikes. In Carolina, 45 cents to go to a Carolina Panthers game against division rival Atlanta Falcons. Give me the Falcons to march in there and take everything away, including their soul. Yeah, no, agreed. 100 percent 100 percent uh, all right, up next, Niners minus 12 at Arizona. Third lock of the week. This is the reason why I took it off the Chiefs. Um, the Niners, again, barring injury, are going to just continue to steamroll teams week after week. They can have a super not-focused week and not be super locked in like they were against the Eagles, right, with all the revenge bullshit, all that stuff. And they can still dominate a team that has two, three wins on the season. And 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 cover a 12-point spread. This should be at least two touchdowns. The fact that it's not is crazy. The game against Seattle last week, Seattle's a much better team than Arizona, and that was a 10-point spread. They won by 12. The Cardinals aren't covering this. Like, in what world are the Cardinals covering this? Like, it, Kyler has been okay. He's had flashes. He's hit a couple of deep balls that have come onto red zone. When you go and watch all of his snaps, Kyler has been very mediocre since he's come back. And he, I, I, I doubt he's fully 100% fully back. He's probably like 90, 95%. 90 to 95% Kyler, even 100% Kyler is not enough to beat the, the Niners, this iteration of the Niners. You're playing indoors. The defensive line's ridiculous. There's speed, ac- acceleration, burst like explosiveness everywhere. And frankly, this nine, this this Cardinals defense has been so bad all year that unless Brock Purdy absolutely shits himself, there's no way that the Niners don't cover this by 12 points. So the Niners, as long as I'm seeing less than two touchdowns with the Niners, 
I'm probably going to pick them to be a lock for the rest of the season. So I'm locking it Fair in enough. 12 points easy. I've been saying it since like week two. All right. The Niners are a head and shoulder above even the next closest best team in football, let alone one of the worst teams in football. And you're giving me 12 points. Undeniable lock. Niners win this game. 12 points. Easy. Yeah. I, the only justification I can come up with is that the uh, it's been tough to play Arizona, uh, whether it's at home or on the road, no matter how good or bad they are uh, for the Niners. That's been the, the one bugaboo. And granted, we've won a lot, but like it's been tough games, you know. Um, I think we haven't played there in Arizona since 2021. Last year, or 2022 was down in uh, in Mexico City, and then we were the road team. That would have been the road game in Arizona. So we haven't played down there in a while. I think it's going to be packed with Niners fans to the gills. And uh, my mom may or may not be going. She lives in Scottsdale. We'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Twelve points. Like, it's, it's, I, I, it's I don't ridic- even. Think it's a, ridi- it's a ridiculous yeah. line. It, it should be fifteen. It should be fifteen plus. It's, it's an it absurd 15. line. Absurd. I'm line. with you. I'm gonna take it. Let's do it. Niners lock. All right. That's the first one I think this season. I, I mm. no, you've locked them in. At least, you have to have locked them in at least once before. I know. Right, I have. I think I have at least four, maybe five Niners lock wins on my resume. So. Even if the Niners embarrass my squad, yeah, I'm good with you uh, doing it. Um, <laughs> I will continue to take them as locks. In, in any and case, I don't again, think it's a loss. Again, so like, I, I will. You know, I think I'm going to take the Niners as a lock every single week moving forward. Like I, just, I don't think I'm it's a loss. In, in any case, like it, it might not be no, the twelve. It's never, but there's no it's way it's going to be a loss. But if if I'm wrong about this, I'd be very happy as long as it's a loss. Um, but that's not going to happen. Wood. It's just not going to happen. Unless it's a sleepy game for the the Niners, but that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, they do have the the Ravens game next week, so maybe look ahead. Well, look ahead. I think that might be no. why people. It's like fifty fifty on money uh, going toward tickets. That's because weird. that's because of the numbers. It's all the numbers. And hey, fifty fifty on the road is pretty good. Uh, yeah. Like you know, twelve point favorite on the road. And you're getting half the tickets. People look at that 12 and they go, numbers, numbers, numbers. I how many wins this year? Hey, actually, I can look it up real quick before we move on to the next game. Let's look at their the the Niners as uh let's see here. Uh just while you're doing that, like one, I, you know, two. Okay, so they're right now they're two and two as a double digit favorites this year. One of them was 13 and a half against Tampa Bay in week 11. They won by 13. Then they were 14. And by, by this is also, by the way, at the time that the game started. So the market moved a lot. We got Seattle and this game last week, Seattle against San Francisco. We got that game at 10. It closed at 14 and a half. All right. They lost that those one. Those were the bad won, beats. But they won yeah. those that game by 12, right? Or by 10. When we picked the Tampa Bay and uh San Francisco game, that spread was at nine. So when we picked them all, they've covered every double digit spread. I'm going to continue to take San Francisco. 
especially against one of the worst teams in football. Thanks, bud. All right. Fuck yourself. Uh, last four. Last uh, we got four games left: commies and Rams. The Commanders are six and a half point favorites. The commies coming off of a bye. I think the commies are in full blown like tank mode um, for the rest of the season, which is crazy. This is for I, Rivera, right? Well, yeah, right. of course. But it's crazy because I, mean, I actually can... think the Commanders are a pretty solid football team. I think the Rams are a good full. I think the Rams are a really good football team, and the Rams have a legitimate chance to make really. the postseason. I think they will. I love the line at six and a half. I love the Rams. Hammer the Rams minus six and a half at home. Give me Los Angeles. Uh, I think the Commanders are 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 pretty cooked right now. So uh, give me the Rams, which is crazy because like four weeks ago we were talking about. I thought I I said early on in the season I thought the Commanders were good enough to be a playoff team, and then they traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and their defense got significantly worse. Um, but I'm taking the the Rams minus six and a half. Do you know that Sam Howell has more fantasy points this year than Patrick Mahomes? I believe it. <laughs> That's Sam insane, been, right? Sam Howell is good, dude. Like, I'm sorry, if, if I'm the commanders and I'm drafting at that like 10, they're probably going to be in the top 10, like back half of the top 10. And you don't I'm, have to worry about a quarterback. You nailed it. <laughs> like, yeah, like I think, I think Sam Howell is good. You, you need to just spend all of your free agency because they're not going to spend money on Montez Sweat. They're not going to. Spend money on Chase Young. So yep. edge rusher and Revamp. offensive line. Yep. Even 100%. trade trade back if you want. You can get an extra second round pick or something. But they they need to spend a lot of money on the offensive line. They need to spend money on an edge rusher. Um, but they they uh, it all of their offseason investments should be the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that pick's gonna come a little later because they're gonna go in LA and dominate this game. Uh I, I coming off of a bye, I think the offense and the defense are revamped, and I think this the LA is due for a letdown game. The Ram, like the Rams, we've we've the last couple of weeks, we've been like, huh, 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 the Rams, huh? yeah, they're due for a letdown game at home. Rams house is going to be the Commanders house this weekend in LA. Give me the uh, Commanders to cover the six and a half. All right, uh, three more games left. We have the game of the week. Question mark. Uh, Cowboys Bills. Bills are a two point favorite at home. This line. This line. Ham, ham, hammer the Bills. I love it. The Cowboys are a really good football team. The Eagles against are a very mediocre to good football team. Right. When the Eagles look good, the Eagles are talented and poorly coached. The Bills are really talented and sometimes poorly coached and sometimes really well coached. Joe Brady, the job he's done since they fired Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady's been fucking awesome, right? Yeah, no kidding. Let's let's pull up. Let's Why pull did they up. fire him in Carolina again? Because <laughs> he was terrible in Carolina. But that also could have been a lot uh, of other rookie. reasons, right? Yeah. In the games since Joe Brady's been the offensive coordinator, 32 points against the Jets, 34 points against the Eagles, 20 points against the Chiefs, which albeit was a tough game, but they still found a way to win, and the offense was a huge part of that, right? So we're talking about two straight games of 32 or more points, a 20-point game in there, 
The offense has looked more consistent. Josh Allen has not turned the ball over nearly as much. He had the one pick against the Eagles. He had the one pick uh, against the Kansas City, and that was it. Other than that, he's taking care of the football. They're throwing for a ton of yards. He has been very, very good. I'm sorry. Like The Cowboys are a good football team. The Eagles, the way they played in that game, was just flat-out embarrassing. And the Cowboys have won six straight years in Dallas against Philly. I don't walk away from that game against with, with Dallas after what happened in the first meeting when the Eagles beat Dallas is all of a sudden it's like, all right, hey, look, the Dallas finally has a win against a team with a winning record in the Eagles, right? Because they beat the Seahawks, but the Seahawks have a losing record now. I don't walk away from yeah, that going it- like, Oh wow, yeah, no, look, Dallas has already has a Dallas has one win on their schedule that's legit. And they play the Eagles ball twice. But if the Eagles end up being the 2023 version of the Vikings from last year, then that win's not that impressive. The, yeah, the, that's the what Bills I was saying. It was kind of are the be best like, offense in-, in football. They cannot stop stop the the passing game. The Bills can run the football. I think Joe Brady learned from his mistakes when he was in Carolina. Absolutely 100 percent love the bills this week this was going to be my fourth lock if i could make a fourth lock it would have been this more so than even the chiefs game i think the bills win this game not to mention the cowboys are three and three on the road this year undefeated at home they're going to buffalo it's going to be freezing 35 degrees in buffalo dallas and dak struggle the bills win this game and not to mention the cowboys are going to be in the postseason the Bills are fighting for their lives and somehow have found a way to claw their way back into the postseason. And after what we see with some of these other teams that are 7-6 ahead of the Bills, the Bills win this game. It puts them into the postseason in the short term, like at least for the next week. The Bills win this game, and they're going to make the postseason. Bills minus two all day, every day. It could be a shootout. It could be one of those games we see where uh, Dallas is playing – like Seattle, like on that Thursday night, and it's a, a super high-scoring game. Um, but in that instance, I believe in Josh Allen more than I do in Dak Prescott right now. Well, and even and as look, good as as good as Dak is playing, and Dak but on has the been road playing great in Buffalo in December. The Cowboys I mean, have also the Cowboys are also going on the street. Like they they beat the shit out of the Giants. They beat the shit out of the car, the Panthers. They beat the shit out of the Commanders. They had that nail-biter against Seattle. They should have lost, but they finally kind of found a way to get in, and then they beat the shit shit out of the Eagles. They're due for an ass-whooping, and I absolutely and I, think Buffalo can do it. I think Buffalo's the better and, football team. And I think on the field, like, it's it's – no offense, but, like, the way that the Eagles have run the offense this year, if they had been running, like, the more of the RPO stuff – that's a more dangerous game to me than, than what the result was. The Eagles but they're have gonna a million have to... issues. It's, it's, you know, it, but it's the Cowboys, the Cowboys are... beat up on a team that had gone through a gauntlet and was exhausted and had no energy and got flat right. out dominated. But I, I'm talking about scheme wise, right? Like the Eagles, even all scheme year wise, have been... the Eagles. Yes. The Eagles, the Eagles are not what I mean. even remotely comparable to what the bills are going to be doing. But Buff- exactly. Buffalo is going to be able to run the ball. With Latavius and and jo, uh, James Cook, and then excuse me, Josh Allen's going to be able to run the ball at will. I think because they're going to overcommit. They're going to overcommit to Diggs. 
they're going to overcommit to um to to Gabe Davis and their other wide receivers. Don Kincaid's going to have a big game. Josh Allen's going to have a big game on the ground. He's been in the end zone for like he's got 10 rushing touchdowns on the year. Make it 11 or 12. Uh, I think this is a big game for the Bills' offense, and I think their defense is fired up and ready to go, uh, yeah. especially in a, in a spot where they, they are fighting for their playoff lives yeah. at home in December. Yeah, this is Bills all the way. If the Cowboys win this game, the Cowboys are bona fide Super Bowl contenders. Zero doubt and that's in my fair. mind. And that's if they fair, do, right? then then again, then, like I'll take that. But, but I just let me give you this scenario, right? Cowboys go into to to Orchard Park and and run the Bills like a thirty five to ten game, right? Are you still sitting there and saying well, the Cowboys are really good, even though the Niners beat the doors off of both the Cowboys and the Eagles? No, I mean again, like the Cowboys have two good win. The two best wins in the Cowboys' schedule this season are against Philly. And which they embarrassed Philly, no question. And we ranted about that last week. And then the week before against Seattle, which they should have lost that game against Seattle. The only two wins that are worth a damn. Like, yes, they beat the Rams 43 to 20. That's I would include that. Right. But they also barely beat the Chargers 20 to 17. Right. On a last second field goal. Like that's the like it, it to me again, it's like to me, those wins can't show that. But if you want to include, like, hey, three best wins of the season, those are the wins. I, I I, want to see them win a game against a team that's playing really, really good football that's a fucking beast to play. And they have this game, they have a game against Miami. And if they win those two games, I'm all in. I, I will tell you right now, Cowboys are bona fide Super Bowl contenders, which terrifies me because I want no part of the Dallas Cowboys sniffing the Super If the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, I may not watch. But they're not going to get there. Oh, like how when the Dodgers are in the World Series for me? We still have the Mike McCarthy pissing down his leg game. And that's going to happen. It's going... We said it all last year. Good spot for it. And it happened (laughs) in the postseason. It's going to happen in the postseason. It's it's just a matter of time until Mike McCarthy has diarrhea down his his pants. It's just a matter of time. It's going to be the Bucs too, Raj. I would love that. (laughs) <laughs> All right, uh, Sunday Night Football, Ravens-Jags. Kind of expected this going in to be a really good game. The Jags, this game's in Jacksonville. The Jags have been reeling a little bit. We kind of expect a bounce-back game. The Ravens come back off of a nail-biter, emotional win, the walk-off punt return for a touchdown by Tylen Wallace. Can the Jaguars upset Baltimore, Scotty? Uh, no. The Ravens are locked in at this point after that emotional win, a big game against a team who in the Rams, who we just talked about, I think could probably be in the playoffs. The Rams are playing really good football. That was a tough game in, in tough conditions, even though it was at home for the Ra- uh, for the Ravens. I think they can just roll into to Jacksonville. Lamar Jackson's locked in. The receivers are locked in. Isaiah Likely, who's taken over for, for Mark Andrews, is locked in. They got a three-headed monster at running back. That defense is getting better each week, and they've been elite for most of the year anyway. I I am all in on the Ravens. You can lock that in as my, what is that, fifth lock of the week? I, wow. I'm all on Scotty's the Ravens right now. five locks. All right. Yeah. Um, I like the Ravens as well. I'm not going to lie. I have my locks in already. Um, 
I'm picking the Ravens. I hate the three and a half, but to me, I'm seeing too many issues with this Jags team. And this is one of the first real That's tests the... that they've had all year. And like one of those like, hey, what are you made of kind of games against a, a legit contender? And I just I don't think the Jags I don't think they, they taking... hang. I don't think they have the physicality that that the Ravens do. And I think the physicality especially on defense. Wins out. I think they just Especially wear them on defense. Yeah, and I think I think they just wear them down. I and whatever they shot up with Trevor Lawrence last week, I give me some because I would love some of that. Um, but I I I I think the Ravens win this game. I don't like the and line, I, I, but I think the Ravens win by by a touchdown. I I think it's a I comfortable think, win for the Ravens. I think again, like the the issue for the Jaguars has been: can they run the ball and move the ball through Travis Etienne in the running game to get their offense established and that yeah i don't see a world where they can do that against this this ravens defense agreed but i do see a world where lamar can do it against this jacksonville defense and then be able to go sling the ball uh like he did last week so i'm all on the ravens all right last up monday night football eagles minus three and a half against the seattle seahawks I'm taking Seattle. Yeah, that's expected. I, look, I want to believe that something's going to change. I want to believe that the Eagles are going to look different than they did last week or the week before, and that this is going to be the thing that that buys every ba- everybody back in. They The secondary cannot handle DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jake Bobo. They're going to run four wide receiver sets, and the Eagles will have no answer. And as we've learned, you can also run on this Eagles team. I I, I know I sound like, oh, everything, the world is falling, the world is ending kind of Eagles fan right now, but I'm looking at what I've seen. And what I've seen this season is a team that has barely held on to win game after game. So even if the Eagles do win, I hate the three and a half on the road. And I think if the Eagles do win, it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a, a tight. I don't think the Eagles are going to come in and all of a sudden be a dominant football team against a team in the Seahawks that are fighting for their playoff lives. The, the Seahawks have a ton of talent at the running back position, the offensive line though, out on the outside, that offense is good. And right now, when you're talking about offensive, like if this is going to be a shootout, the Eagles offense is in absolute disarray. And as long as you continue to blitz Jalen Hurts and the route concepts stay the same, there's nothing. There's nothing that Jalen Hurts can do on third and eight when the entire house is being sent at him other than chuck up a prayer and hope that A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith comes up with a catch. I ex- you can even I ex- rush four at that point. I like- expect the Eagles to come out and play a better football game top to finish than they did last week, and I do think there's a chance the Eagles win this game. But I think it's a really, really close game. I think I think it comes down to a field goal at the end. And if it's going to come down to a field goal, then I'm taking the Seahawks plus three and a half because I'm getting that. Jason hook. Myers, who doesn't miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, neither does Jake Elliott. But either yeah. way, if it comes down to a game-winning field goal, which I think it will, then I think you have to take the three and a half. So I'm taking the Seahawks plus three and a half. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a, a tough one, right? Because both are in dire straits. One's trying to make the playoffs and 
is at a point where we we didn't think that it was a question. We thought they'd be in the playoffs are the Seahawks, um, but not under 500. And then for the Eagles, like we didn't think it would be like, oh, wait, they need a win right now in week 15 uh, to, to solidify the one. And even then, like, what do we know about them? Um, so uh, it's tough, right? And I think you have to go back to back to the basics if you're the Eagles, right? Win the game in the trenches. Defensive line for as well as Brock Purdy and, and Christian McCaffrey played in that game against the Niners. The defensive line was was part of the mix, regardless of the score. Same thing last week. I think they were part of the mix, and they just got beat in the secondary too much. I think you need to go back and get nasty in the trenches on the defensive line. Number one, number two, in the offensive game uh, on the offensive line, just go back to winning and, and being ahead on 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 the sticks, right? Using the run game and the offensive line to drive the run game to 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 be effective on offense. I think you can do that against Seattle. Um, as as good as that defensive line has played, especially with the the addition of Leonard Williams, they're still not elite, right? Like when you play the Niners and when you play Dallas the last two weeks, they're, Seattle's still not elite. They're not at that level yet, and I think you can bully them on the in the trenches, establish a running game, and then let Jalen go and do his thing, however banged up he is. I think this is a game where you can move the ball where you can get points. And again, it's got to be fast and it's got to be decisive in the early game. If the field, if the Eagles go down the drive down the field and get a field goal again, it's a wrap for me, right? If the Eagles drive down and get a touchdown, now we're talking about a story where the Eagles are going to score 40 points in the game and blow the shit out of Seattle on their home field. I don't know what version we're going to get. And with the hook, that's why I'm going to take Seattle as well. I think that's a smart play. I think it's a smart play. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is the best game they play all year. But I think what we've learned from about this Eagles team this year is that this is kind of who they are. And um, I know Seattle six and seven. Not they don't they don't look like they're a team that should be that's as dangerous as they are, based off of record and some of the numbers. But they are. They're a very dangerous team. And do you know um, playing? He's questionable, but they get till Monday, right? Um, Reed, uh, Reed Blankenship, concussion protocol. That's a huge loss if he can't play in this game. Um, so, yeah, I, I... I'm i going to flip. I'm going to take the Eagles. I just think they're, they're a better team top to bottom. There's too much talent. I, to me, the talent is not that much different. I think the Eagles having a plus on the offensive line, the defensive line, which normally that's the thing that would decide it. But ultimately, the offensive line is not what it was before, and I think they grade out pretty similar. I think the Eagles have a slight edge on O-line. D-line, Eagles definitely have an edge. But, um, look, if Geno's getting the ball out fast and we play, you know, we we, we play those zone coverages that, that Geno loves to kind of dice up, Who knows? You know, who knows? Don't blitz Gino. I just pro tip from me to you. To be honest, as we looked at it, the Eagles haven't been blitzing a ton and it hasn't really mattered either way, right? Like they haven't been able to get to the quarterback. So 
Um, and the linebackers can't stop the run. So we, we will see. I'm going to flip. I, I think the talent wins out at the end of the day. That's a tough place to play, but I think the talent's going to win out. I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, I flipped. Yeah. Now, Eagles are owing, haven't beaten Seattle in 15 years either, for what it's worth. Uh, I don't know how much it's worth, but keep it away. Uh, I think the, the streak will probably continue. I think Seattle wins this game. All right. That's all we got on the pod. Thank you all for listening. As always, we will be back on Tuesday to recap everything from week 15. Hopefully we get Vito back in the mix. We haven't talked to him this week, but my man's been busy. Uh, But until then, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Next week, we will go over our holiday schedule where we're going to think to get everything out in time. Uh, I'll be heading home. I'm going to bring back all my uh, recording equipment. So if I need to do something from, uh, from Philly, I can. But until then, everyone have a wonderful weekend, and uh, we will talk to you guys on on Tuesday. So until then, thank you to Scotty. Thank you to Vito, who will get his picks in, and we'll talk to you guys on uh, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day it is, to recap week 15. Until then, take it easy, everybody.